Hello, beautiful people. It is Tuesday, May 17th, 2022, and this loaded sports show begins right yeah. Can't thank you enough for joining us here at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. You are the greatest humans on earth. Thank you for spending your afternoons or your mornings with us wherever the hell you may be. Uh, we always enjoy chit-chatting. Today's show is massive. Okay. Sean Casey, the mayor. Ooh. He played in the MLB for 12 years. Damn. Okay. 12 years in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Beast. Now, I'm not getting into it. Because he's on in like 13 minutes. So there's no reason for me to bury the entire sport as a whole. But a team won a game the other night without recording a single success in the batter's box. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. So that is baseball. Yeah. Kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, it that can is, happen. I'm very confused on how baseball is baseball and what baseball actually is. Because there's teams winning that don't get hits. Then the next night they lose 8 nothing to a team that they're much better than, I guess, in the standings. Hell and yeah. they stink more than anybody else. So uh, I don't fully uh, understand the MLB. Mostly because I grew up in Pittsburgh. And the Pirates are ass and have been ass <laughs> for a long time. But this guy, Sean Casey, grew up in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Went on to have an incredibly successful career. Could hit the baseball all over the yard. Is electrifying hilarious and will give us an update of everything going on in the league that Ty Schmidt and others do enjoy following. Oh yeah, I love it. I love it. I just, I told these guys, like, the, I watched the Yankees basically every single night. They were blacked out for a four-game set with the White Sox. I was kind of losing my mind Fiendin. a little bit. Oh yeah, fiending big time. Jesus. It's and crazy. A lot of storylines coming out, obviously, about the balls and mm-hmm. the game, and Sean Casey will be electrifying. His podcast is called... The Mayor's Office. And it is... It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Try, we listened to a couple clips here the other day. He's a man that can make baseball interesting because he's a Pittsburgh guy. Hell yeah. Uh-huh. Bingo. Electric. He's fucking electrified. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for your stories in and tell us what's going on. In the second hour, we got Chris Collinsworth. Ooh. Obviously, Sunday Night Football analyst, uh, former NFL wide receiver, uh, founder of Pro Football Focus, good businessman. He allegedly, I guess he just signed an extension with NBC. Kind of kind of broke yeah. quietly during the Drew Brees news that he was leaving because Chris Collinsworth just signed an extension. And we might have missed it, but I'm happy for it. I enjoy the hell out of this guy. Now, obviously, he's working with Tariqa, which we've gotten a taste of in the past whenever Al Michaels has taken a couple weeks off of Sunday Night Football every single season, and every time Tariqa would be in the booth alongside Chris Collins where everybody's like, Al Michaels done? Is he done? It was like, no, just scheduled four games off or three mm-hmm. games off that he's doing with Al Michaels going to Amazon for Thursday Night Football on Prime. Chris Collinsworth now working with Tariqa every single week. I can't wait to hear them as a team. I think they've been good in the past. They'll be good in the future. It's good for the game. It's good for everybody. Can't wait to chat with Chris. I think is this his... I think it's the first time he's been on the show, yeah. Really? There's been a couple hey. different times I've... Uh, Either he's reached out or I've reached out or we've kind of had like a, a situation where we haven't been able to connect. I'm excited to chat with him. Seems like a super cool dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And I won't say this, you know, I won't speak for anybody. Seems like he he has smoked marijuana in the past. Yeah, once or twice. I think you could say that. And most people that have done that, I probably enjoy <laughs> mm-hmm. and think, oh, this person at least is thinking at a different level. I think he does is a deep thinker. I think he's smart. I think he covers the game well. I'm very pumped to chat with Chris Collinsworth for his debut on the show. And then in the third hour, we have one of the greatest comedians to ever step mm-hmm. foot onto stage, Bill Berger. Ooh. Yes! Come on! Yeah, Bill Burr's about to go on another tour, second half of our second leg of his tour. He's uh, the first comedian ever to be doing Fenway. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Grew up in Boston, went to school in Boston, mm-hmm. probably attended a lot of games down there. Shot some movies in there. Now he sold the place out himself. Can't wait to talk to him. Legend, uh, uh, next special is coming out June 6th, I believe, yes. on Netflix called Bill Burr Presents uh, Friends, Friends the Kill. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Whatever the case. 
Another deep-thinking, hilarious motherfucker. Uh-huh. Can't wait to chat with him about all things happening around his life, his world, sports world. And what are comedians doing? Like, what's uh, what are we talking about? Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, obviously, you got the Will Smith situation. Right, sure. Is that being chatted about? I would assume because so. Chappelle then gets attacked. There you go. Is Bill Burr doing a full bit trying to entice somebody to come on the stage so he can fucking knock him out? <laughs> yeah, uppercut. Is that what he's got going on? I don't know. I'm excited to chat with him. Also, obviously, a massive Patriots fan. And the Patriots mm-hmm. have kind of been leading into, you know, maybe describing positions and who's doing what a little mm. bit more. Yeah. For instance, at Boston Connor there at the talk to table alongside at Ty Schmidt, big time Yankees fan we just learned about. Um, Matt Patricia. Yes. Is now an offensive line coach. Bingo. Defensive guru. Mm-hmm. Becomes head coach. We thought was GM in waiting. Now offensive line coach for the New England Patriots. It feels like that has kind of come into the air now that OTAs is uh, kind of unfolding. Mm-hmm. Correct? Do you like yes. this decision? Uh, I love it, especially because Patricia uh, said in the article, you know, I got Dante Skarnecki on speed dial, so if I really have anything that I'm not too sure about, I'll just call up the greatest offensive line coach in the history of the well, NFL. Well, there's going to be a lot of people hating that comment Sorry. because there's a lot of great offensive line coaches in the history of the NFL, and it's a position that is held in very high regard, obviously, because of how close-knit the community is. Mm-hmm. So there's probably a lot of people that have created different you know, scheme, strategy, yeah. techniques, everything. But mm-hmm. one of the greatest of all time, I agree. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, I can't sit here and let you say the greatest of all time because I there's know, numerous yeah. offensive line coach that I've been around that are Harold, Howard Mudd is like heralded as mm-hmm. one of the, yeah. the guys of all time. And I'm assuming there's a lot more that I don't want to piss off or piss on right now. Yeah, I was kind of trying to piss on everybody else. <laughs> not to be like a prick, but I mean, Bob Wiley from Hard Knocks in Cleveland. <laughs> he, hut, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he you took think over. they were worrying about calisthenics when they were running those beaches in Normandy? Huh? All the greatest generation of our of all time worrying about hamstrings. They're doing fucking push-ups and jumping jacks. That's all. <laughs> that guy was the best. Is he still coach? Remember he had like a Lambo or something? I don't think so. Remember his big ass got out of a Ferrari or something? uh It was uh, incredible. But Matt Patricia going to the offensive line. Joe Judge working with the quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. He formerly special teams guy goes and becomes a head coach for the Giants. Obviously gets fired. Has a pizza and beer party for the boys. Legend. Love everything about Joe Judge and his special teams background. He goes back to New England. Now he's working with the quarterback. I'm working with Mac Jones as well as some other people on the offense. Mm. Okay. You'll see me on the field working with quarterbacks. What's that even mean? So Judge Judge was scared to death to say what he was doing, it mm-hmm. seems like, or give anything away, but it feels like he's probably working with the quarterbacks. Yep. Yep. He's at least on the offensive side of the ball. By the way, quarterback coach also works with the tight ends, with the wide receivers, because they have to relay a message maybe that they're, the quarterback is learning this. So if you could do this, they're kind of, uh, I don't want to say they have hands in other people's pots, but they do you know, kind of mm-hmm. coach in other areas as well because the quarterback directly affects so many other positions. So Joe Judge, quarterback coach, maybe now who's the offense coordinator? Have we learned about that? No, still haven't learned about it, but isn't this kind of like a, not a head coach role, but don't the head coaches also kind of have their hands in everything? So I assume oh, yeah. their Bill's kind of comfortable with Joe and Patricia. I assume Patricia also What if this doesn't work? I, I mean, there's a chance. That'd, be, know, a, that'd it, be a shame. You know, it would be a real shame. Ninkovich? Uh, by the way, Atone Diggs and I share the same sentiment. It would be a damn shame. I do. Well, and Diggs was saying it in just, I was saying it in real because Bill Belichick, greatest coach in GM our game has ever had. Yeah, by okay? far. So I have a lot of respect for him. He's going to go in the Hall of Fame. This is almost like, you know, when a player, what if, now I'm not saying he has fallen off or will fall off. But if this doesn't work, this is very similar to a player, you know, getting towards the end of his career, kind of pulling out all the old tricks and it just mm-hmm. not working how it once did. That's how people would judge this mm-hmm. entire thing. But I can't get past the thought of 
Bill Belichick will figure it out. And I assume that's just exactly where you're at. Absolutely. Even if it sounds like questionable, even if it sounds like, well, that doesn't make sense. Steve Belichick, are you going to be calling plays? I don't know. I don't really care either. Okay. <laughs> he definitely knows. He probably doesn't care. He definitely knows, <laughs> yeah. though. Somebody has to know everything. You just assume Bill will be able to figure it out. But with the way the Buffalo Bills are built right now, mm-hmm. and with the Miami, not the Miami Dolphins are immediately uh, AFC's champions, but they have gone all in as well. Good team. Now, the Jets... Brady Quinn just fucking Brady, oh, yeah. Brady, Brady Quinn, AJ Hawk's brother-in-law, yeah. former Notre Dame quarterback, mm-hmm. also with the Browns, the Chiefs, and a couple other teams in the NFL. Incredibly handsome-looking lad. Yeah. You know who he is. Oh yeah. He came out and said, uh, "I see the Jets being either zero and nine or one and eight mm-hmm. by week nine. Jeez. So that's already hey, we're planning for golfing and fishing in the off season. Yeah. He's not a believer in the Jets at all. So maybe not the Jets, but everybody else in the AFC East has seemed to up their game. If this doesn't go well, how long does the hey? You know, Bill figured out, Bill figured out goes, you think? I mean, I think it's going to continue just because of Mac Jones. Like, uh, when you look at some of these other teams who have had quarterbacks for not, not even 20 years, but like even the Packers, the Steelers, like the, the drop off that happens, I think, is large. And somehow Bill went from Brady to a Cam Newton and only, you know, losing nine games, going seven and nine, and then only one year after already going back to the playoffs. So the coaching will be interesting. The transition, you're saying, was yeah. much smoother. Very smooth and quick. Like, I feel like that drop off can kind of turn your franchise into sort of a dumpster fire. Like, not to bring out the Bills, but after Jim Kelly and those Bills, they kind of went on a 25-year hiatus. Think yeah. about Jimmy from the Colts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jimmy from the Colts went from Peyton to Luck. Mm-hmm. Just immediately made the playoffs that first yeah. year. We yeah. were supposed to go. Uh, we were predicted to be last in the NFL, 32 on all of the power rankings, basically, that was put out there. Don't listen to the outside noise. Don't listen to what they got to say to you. Also, we're going to use this as motivation where everybody has said about you. <laughs> have to. So that's a fascinating yeah. little contradiction that happens basically everywhere. But that was one year or two in 14 when they didn't know that Peyton wasn't going to be able to throw a football and his neck wasn't going to be able to work. And then Andrew Luck comes right in there, steps up, boom, we're back in the playoffs. What a... That's the situation right there. Exactly. Just like the Packers, right? Yeah. Brett Favre right into Aaron Rodgers. Now, that was a three-year interesting moment there, right? right? Because he was sitting behind him. Yep. But that's the ideal situation. It does not always happen that way. No. And when it doesn't happen that way, you're just sitting and hoping almost. Like, all right, I hope this quarterback becomes the person. I have all the faith in the world this quarterback's going to be the person. Then week six comes around, you're like, all right, so who – we could trade for someone. Yeah, yeah. Who Backup else? quarterback Duck came in and saved the day for the Steelers. That's there. right. Whenever Ben Roethlisberger was out, he was a hero, that guy. Completing seven, eight passes a game, winning yeah. games, Duck Hodges. There was quacks going all through Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You're the guy. Correct. So there's a lot of hoping when you don't have a guy. And it seems like Mac Jones is the guy, which is good news. But a lot of these decisions, I think, are going to get called into question. They already are. Mm-hmm. Not that Bill Belichick gives a single damn. But if the Bills continue to just fucking go, and the Miami Dolphins are able to come in there and really do something everybody's hoped that they've been able to do for the last, like, three years or whatever. Yeah, I would hate to see Bill's last dance not be a good one. Yeah, well, I would hate it would be a damn shame. It would be That's a shame. why I think it would be a shame. It yeah. would be. As opposed to Tone saying, I'd be ashamed because he would see the Patriots not do good. Sure. For me, it'd be a shame because it's like, okay, maybe the football juice did wear out. You know, like some songwriters... Yeah. They run out of creativity. That's right. Yeah. They run out of juice. They run out of things to write about. They mm-hmm. can't do it anymore. So you see their career go, and then it kind of stops. I wonder if the amount of football knowledge that Bill Belichick has, has it gone out, or will that never, ever end for Bill Belichick now that Ernie isn't around mm-hmm. and he's given schedule release breakdowns? I'm just, I think we're all very fascinated because it is the greatest coach of all time and the greatest general manager of all time at the same time. Yeah, and like you said before, like I do have the utmost faith that he's going to continue to do what he does, and I'm not ruling out this 
this year and basically looking ahead. But if this year doesn't go to plan, next year we got $100 million in cap space. So it, it's almost like, okay, now we're going to do exactly what we did two years ago before we got Mac. We'll probably get another offensive lineman, probably get another weapon, load up the defense a little more. So I think because of the fact that McDaniels left too, Bill's going to keep coaching until, I mean, maybe for five more years. He's oh, probably I didn't got, think about yeah, McDaniel. He's been a, like – He's been a very important. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was oh, the yeah. next, and he was the next guy. That's what everyone said after he, you know, turned, turned down the Colts. Yeah, yeah. He turned the plane around. Was like, oh, they probably told McDaniel's, hey, you'll take the reins. But because of the young QB, because of you know how well we've already kind of turned this new ship into, it just doesn't seem like Bill's on you know his last nine. Especially because the wins record, the all time wins record, is like forty or so away. He's definitely on his back nine. Okay, well, he's not coaching he, for another sixty yeah. years. I mean, he might coach for another <laughs> ten. Right. 10 is more than 9. What's that, pal? He's been coached for longer than 9. Though. Yeah. yeah, 9 is just no. a metaphor. It's no. not for the actual 9 years. Nope. Second nope. half. It's I don't think second, so. It's just the back half. Nope. Back yeah, that's 9. There's 9 numbers, and he's got 10 left, so it's more than the back 9. No, but the metaphor in which he used it is not about nope. an actual number. It I, is about the second half of a career. I don't speak in half. metaphors. No, I don't speak in metaphors. I just speak in numbers, and I'm just telling you he's going to be playing or coaching for more than 9 years, so he's not on his back 9 yet. Uh, okay. I hope he's we not get on nine his more final years. 9. He's <laughs> not on his final 9. So he's there playing a 36-hole course then? Or? No, I think he's playing 72 today, Tony. <laughs> well, he has been already. That's why the questions are how long yeah. is this guy going to be able to swing the club, and it feels like he's able to find the fairway on a regular basis, yeah. especially with this new goddamn driver he has with Mac Jones. So I think there's a lot of golf metaphors we could make about sure. this. Another one about him going on forever is right on your chest. Bill Belichick appears to be in great shape. Yeah, he's still working out. He's still stepping under the goddamn squat rack. Yeah. And he's still <laughs> screwing with the media, actually. Uh, apparently, uh, assistant coaches only get two days that they speak to the media in the offseason. So instead of spreading them out, he put one yesterday and one today. So today's basically just like, uh, there's no updates. They're just speaking to the media so they get those out of the way and then they don't have to talk to the media until training camp or whatever. And he's an Emmy-nominated host in the media. That's right. Yeah, that's so, right. I mean, it's all a fascinating situation. Nick, what were you going to say there, pal, before uh, we went on a full back nine metaphor that old Connor did not know about as uh, he was using it? Nothing really important. I was just saying I, I personally hope that Bill does another nine years, and I hope he goes on like the Adam Sandler run where the... We would not have it about the Sandman! What are we doing? What the hell? Man, wait for that Hubie Halloween season. That's going to be tough. That was a oh. seven and nine Hubie Halloween, and you know what? Is no, 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 no. Hubie Halloween was <laughs> yeah. a playoff. Thank you. Adam Sandler has not had a seven and nine season. Thank Don't you. fall into that. Hey, I've been the biggest opponent. I know you haven't. You just got years. you just got bamboozled in the Sandy had a losing no. season. That seven and nine season was the most impressive season Bills ever had. That was the worst roster in football. So history. you're saying it was a terrible concept? Made it pretty good. And he still made it good. What okay. was Sandy? Zero seventeen. Sandy. Whoa. Super Bowl run. Might have been the one they lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl because Gronk was hurt because there was a little bit of uh anyways, let's move on. That's fucking unbelievable what you just did. That was despicable. You hear me, Nick? I hear. I hear. Especially after Sam Man's new trailer. God, you look so good. I know. Joining us now is a man that's always great. Not just good. He's great. Mm-hmm. He, there had never been a 7-9 and nine season with this guy. No, no. Uh-uh. He's the host of the Mayor's Office podcast that Ty listens to literally on a re- very regular basis. Oh, yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. You can see him on the MLB Network, I mm-hmm. believe. The man is electrifying every time he speaks because he was a 12-year Major League Baseball player who could hit the ball all over the yard. Mm-hmm. An absolute stud, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Casey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Hey, Sean! Yeah. What's up, fellas? Oh, it's a huge party there every day. It's a huge party. I love that. I love it. Yeah, that's why we're so excited you join us. You know, you bring that atmosphere. You bring that vibe. We appreciate you. I, uh, I'm excited to chat. I, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates won a game without registering a hit the other day, Sean. Okay, so explain the sport to me. How does that work? How did they get a win? And did the other pitcher have the best day of his life and still get a recorded loss in that? How did this work? And why did the Pirates stink, Sean? Why did the Pirates stink? Please. Well, isn't that, isn't that crazy? I mean, Hunter Green for the Reds was just dominating the whole time. I think he had six and a third, no hits, no hit innings. Was You know, they were going back and forth and then, you know, the Buccos found a way to, to pull off a win. I think a couple walks late, uh, they end up. I'm not exactly sure. Was it a wild pitcher or oh, uh, he, it was or a something? Uh, and then next thing you know, they get a W, one nothing. They Crazy. walked them full. They walked them full, and then it was a fielder's choice. So, oh, so okay. good eye, good eye, good eye, good eye. Fielder's choice, and and uh, and the, it's just the way the Reds have been playing this year. And the Buccos and the Reds were fired up to play each other because they both been really scuffling. So. <laughs> Great way to describe teams that stink. I guess the Cubs are worse than both of us. Whoa. Slow start. Slow Chicago start. Cubs are no, worse no, no, than both good. of us. How How is the season going? Are the teams that we expected to do well at the beginning of the season doing well now? Any surprises, Sean? If you were to talk to somebody that has not been following yeah. the season, what are the storylines you think, Sean? <laughs> like you? you have no, 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 no. Not me. I'm talking about the listeners, the viewers. Not me, Sean, of course. <laughs> well, I think the Yankees are – Better than we thought. I mean, they're 26 and nine. They're absolutely dominating. You know, everyone hits homers in that lineup. Yes. You know, Anthony Rizzo's brought a ton. Donaldson, all those guys. Judges, huge Stanton. The pitching's all good. The, the I think the Mets are the team right now. 23 and 13. I think Buck Solwater coming along for them. Being that manager's been huge. But man, they're dominating in the in the NL right now. And Degrom is not even part of their staff. So. You know that's that they've been they've been a, a huge team so far. The Padres have been really good. New manager to him, Bob Melvin. Dusty Baker still doing his thing down there in Houston. They're doing well. Minnesota Twins are a big one. They're a big one. Byron Buxton being healthy. You know, eleven home runs. You know, just coming out the gates balling already. I think I think the Twins are a surprise team so far in the Central. Okay, so how far into the season are we percentage wise? If you had to give it into the entirety. Uh, we're just at the beginning. We're like, we're probably, what are we, 20-some percent into the season? We're, we're, th we're about 35 games. You only play 162 games in the big leagues, guys. Okay, that's all. No big deal. <laughs> so many. 62 of them. Sean, that is so many games. I have no so idea how 12 years you did that. You're just on the road for 12 straight years, basically. And if you play a fielding position... You're out there every single night. I have no idea how the body keeps up with it, how the mental keep up. It is such a grind, I would assume, right? Yeah. It, it doesn't. The body doesn't keep up. There's not a guy in the big leagues right now at 35 games that's not like bad. Look, minor hamstring pull. I think I got something with the hip flexor. <laughs> My neck's not feeling good. It's just like that's why they're, you know, they're grinders. You call them grinders because every day there's something going on. But you just show up. You get in a cold tub. You get there three hours earlier if you're over 30 and you find a way to get out there every day. So, you know, you have to give a ton of credit to these big league players for being able to go out every night and put up the numbers. And 
fails 70% of the time and you're oh. one of the best players in the game. Any any other profession, you're you're fired. You're failed centers. You're out of here, Pat. Yes. Yeah, I agree. In baseball, it's Hall of Fame. People say that whenever you stink at something. They're like, well, <laughs> hey, in baseball, you'd be in the Hall of Fame if you're able to do that. But in our world, that you're going to get fired. That's literally a thing that is said, right. especially as a kicker. I was told that numerous times <laughs> in hilarious fashion. <laughs> well, you, got, you just got to have a delusional confidence. Is that how you battle through the failure every single night of your life? Or how does it work dude you just play mind games with yourself like no I'm, you know you, you, you go one for four one for five you're like all right i'm you know i remember times bro i, I, re I seriously remember uh, like going over like 20 and just insomnia for like i'm like i don't know if there's enough ambien to put me to bed tonight. <laughs> <laughs> i'm a mental wreck i just look at the ceiling for seven hours and go I can't believe my hands are working the way they are. My, my, why are my feet so bad? What the hell's going on? I, I, I don't recognize any pitches. It's just, it's one of those things you just got to ultimately believe in yourself in like a ridiculous way and just keep showing up. What is the biggest part of hitting? Seeing the ball? Is that a big part of it? <laughs> I think so. Dude, I think the biggest thing when you watch these big league pitchers, especially nowadays, like it seems like everyone throws 100. You just got to really learn how to slow yourself down and live in the moment and like, and like take a breath and hunt the heater. And hopefully you get it and don't miss it. I always say, if you get a heater and foul it off, you might have some big problems on your hands tonight. <laughs> hey, you're hunting the heater, huh? Is that a saying? Hey, hunt the heater out there. Just like Jim Leland, baby. Hunt the heater. Let's hunt go. Hey, he's burning heaters, too. <laughs> Jim! That's our guy. Let's go, Buckers. Hey, love you, Jim. Love Hey, um... So you're studying pitchers for their tendencies when you're hunting the heater. Is, does everybody have the same move? Everybody have the same move? Or is that something that actually gets studied or no? No, I think I think I think I personally think most great hitters work off the fastball. But when I when I was playing, you'd have you you would have guys like Manny Ramirez was a guest hitter. You know, uh, you know Chipper Jones. Those guys are guest hitters. But I, a lot of the guest hitters I played with were some of the worst hitters. What's that mean? Like, What's that mean? I'd have the two hundred hitter mean? come up and. What's that mean? Guest hitter. What's that mean? Like you're guessing what the pitch is. You're like, okay, I, I think he's going to throw me a curveball here. And the crazy thing is, Pat, if you guess like, oh, yeah, John Smoltz or, or Justin Verlander is going to throw me a slider, and your eyes go, yeah, it's a slider, and it's a nasty one, you're not hitting it anyhow. You know, so <laughs> might as well hunt the heater, get after the fastball, and hit some rockets in the gap, and hopefully you get paid and you fail 70% of the time and take it to the house. <laughs> Hey, 12 years of that. Yeah, 12 yeah, years yeah. of that. 12, 12 years. years. That may be Sean. Uh, Ty, the mayor, can't wait. Sean, Dave Roberts said that they can already tell that the, the new baseballs are there and they're starting to fly a little bit. Uh, do you, and now, for like, as a Yankees fan, it doesn't really matter because, like you said, they've been just fucking mashing no matter what. So Crush I think this will only help them. But how much, as a hitter, will these guys actually be able to tell the difference uh, in the juice balls? And what's your take on that? Man, you can definitely tell, Ty. I mean, I think I think guys are, you know, guys are seeing like, you know, I think especially when you go opposite field, you crush a ball in the opposite field gap. If it just hangs up there and as a hitter, you know it's gone. Like, you're like, man, something's not right. And the hitters have complained, man, these balls aren't flying as well. The pitchers have complained. The grip's not as good. But I think when you start seeing players hitting the ball the other way and it's going out, that's when you know maybe something different's happening. So we'll see. I mean, the last couple of years, it's been the ball's too juiced. Now it's not juiced enough and it's too slick. So 
We'll see what uh, what 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 the, what the balls look like uh, in these next few months. Do you really think there's going to be like a big change though? Because the the offensive numbers really across the majors have been pretty down so far earlier this year. Like, are you expecting that some of these guys who have kind of been struggling or have low averages are going to start hitting a bunch of homers and we're going to see a lot more games with more runs scored because the pitchers have been really kind of dominating early. Yeah, the pitchers have dominated. It's, it's really been uh, unbelievable how lopsided it's been. I think the offense is going to get going. There's so many good hitters, you know, in this league and so many dominant lineups and, and with guys that have kind of scuffled so far. So I think they will get going. There's no doubt about it. But, bro, you're Yankees, man. It seems like hard ball, soft ball, whatever ball, dead ball era, whatever. These guys, one to nine, can hit the ball in the ballpark anywhere. Hey, so that's a real thing, huh? What do they do? They just add a little bit more, uh, like, tightness to the ball? How do they juice the ball, you think, and how big of a difference is it? I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't know those answers because it kind of goes back and forth when, you know, players say, the, the ball's flying out or the seam's a little tighter, the seam's a little lower. That's some of the pitchers were saying the last couple of years. And, you know, this year they're saying the balls are a little slicker. And every ball is hand, is hand uh, you know, woven or whatever you say. You know, the, the, the seams on the ball are, are all, you know, one by one. So I think any any ball can be like, is woven? Is that the word I'm looking for? I don't even know. Hand stitched. Hand stitched, I believe. Yeah. Stitched, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to explain it. So when you say the stitching is a little lower, what does that mean? The panel of leather is longer, so it's more of a surface area to hit, or what is that? I don't know, bro. You might have to call Rawlings and ask these questions <laughs> and maybe see what they, they have to say, because I'm definitely not a ball expert, but I would have to think if the seams are a little lower, maybe the, maybe the pitchers don't get a good enough grip. You know, because they always talk about they like the seams being up where you could really grip it and rip it and get that spin rate that the, all the pitchers in the, in the game are looking for nowadays. And, and now that they're not allowed to use that uh, tack stuff, spider tack too, right? So the pitchers are about to yeah. get, maybe go back into an era where they have less grip on the ball, so it doesn't move as much. So when you're hunting heaters, a curve might be a heater because the motherfucker doesn't curve, <laughs> right? <laughs> Exactly. That curveball might hang up there just a little bit. And you know what they say, Pat? I don't know if you know, but they, they say in baseball, you hang it, we bang it. Yeah, we got <laughs> good wood on that son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, Mayor, I also hunt heaters, but in the form of cigarettes, just like my favorite manager, uh, Jim Leland. Do you think there will ever be another Jim Leland? Or is that kind of style of that manager uh, something that's common today? You know what? I, I hope so, because... Gosh, man, Leland is just one of a kind. Was you know just one of those guys, you know, in between innings. You know, listen, spikes. High. He'd wear full unis with spikes on, ready to go. So you'd come out. He'd be in the dugout at like six thirty for a seven o'clock game. You're like, oh my god, he's already got seven heaters down. You know, just you know, all over everybody, ready to go. And in between innings, he had a little chair. He would he would you know in the in the '90s when he was at the Buccos, he's just in the dugout curling it up, just ripping them and then when he was with the, the, the major league baseball was like we don't approve of that jimmy you got to get out of here so then when i when he was with the tigers he had a little chair down the stairs so the inning would end he would sprint down the stairs <laughs> and sometimes jump down a flight yeah to get down there and would rip two heaters an inning and i hope there's a i hope there's managers that still like jim leland because this guy was the greatest ever and cooperstown better be calling here soon yeah they better have a couple yeah. packs too it sounds yeah. like better get a whole carton for this guy what if they what if they um, 
What's it called when they make a, a mold? The bust? What if they make a bust of his face with and a then a carton of a six? And a carton underneath. I mean, that would be... I mean, not great for the game, I guess, at a modern era, well, but still fucking great for Jim. <laughs> Go ahead, Tone. Uh, Mayor, who the fuck do these umps think they are? They think this game is about them. <laughs> it ain't! I mean, the check on Mad Bum where the ump just stares him in the eyes waiting for him to look at him. Who do these fucking guys think they are? <laughs> these God complex <laughs> of well, you know, I, I tell you what, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, I think the umpires at times, you know, they have that same feeling of like, you know, they're getting yelled at all game long from fans from from both sides of the dugouts. And I think sometimes they, you know, they go to the, 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 that human feeling of, listen, we've had enough. And I, the whole incident with Mad Bum was, was not OK. I mean, I don't even know if he checked Mad Bum's hands. He kind of just stared at him the whole time and then tossed tossed him out of the game when he when he said hey listen get this good thing going but hey the umpires you know they 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 have their moments too and just like every player does is that spider tech thing gonna be real forever i mean no more spider tech yeah you think that's gonna be real forever they go back to these slick balls i bet you the pitchers get that spider tech back in there i would assume <laughs> well you know what they sometimes guys will find ways to get stuff on the ball or they are talking oh about oh Will you tell us one of those ways that you've heard about uh, hilarious fashion? Because I see them checking hats, yep. inside of gloves, yep. inside a shirt. It's like almost childish where yeah. they're like, oh, well, we got to check your belt too, the back of your belt because people have done. Is that real? All those places have been used? Well, I remember one of the pictures I played with used to, you know, they, they, they I think the they might have caught the pine tar on his hat or something. So the next time we were out there, he was like, check this out, Case. He's like, look at this right here. He goes, I got some pomade on my neck, clear pomade. So he's like, pomade to the rosin, to the ball. That was bringing some really sticky stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, I was like, now that's a lot better than being, you know, right in the open with the pine tar. The pomade to the rosin's clear. You can get away with it. But now, now with the umpires on top of it, it's tough, man. I can't imagine guys trying to put anything, any substance on a ball. It's funny to think, though, that that's literally the lengths that they have to go to catch professional baseball players like hey that's part of that's kind of the niche of the game though right is there's like the strike zone moves mm -hmm. they're everybody's trying to get one up on the other it feels like that is a massive part of it is it because it's so old the game because it's so long you have so much time to think about all this stuff why do you think baseball has gotten to the point it is in the style that it is i think so listen you know at the end of the day pat i mean for it's it's been around 150 years it's america's pastime wow. a lot of guys have figured out a lot of different ways to uh, get a, a competitive advantage, you know what I mean. So I think uh, you know, with the with the with the replays and the videos now, watching these guys like Hawks, it's tough to do what the guys did back in the you know, you know, even ten years ago or in the nineties, eighties, seventies. You know, the guys that some of those guys were doing was uh, was you know with the fi nail filers and all the things they were doing. A lot of lot more cheating back then. Well, yeah, sounds like, yeah. <laughs> sounds like the NFL guys go back and they're like, "Oh, your camps are so weak. Uh, you, this is what we used to have to do." The old baseball players go back and they're like, "So you guys can't just take can't take a razor out and just start slicing Slice up a that couple ball, of stitches off, kind of get you a little bit more. Can't do that anymore." They're like, no, they stopped that like twenty years ago. Wow, <laughs> this game <laughs> so soft, so so soft. How do you think baseball is recovering after all the shit that happened this uh, offseason? Was there any blip, you think, in coverage, PR? Did, did, how are relations, you think? What do you think about the state of the MLB right now after what we just went through? 
I don't think so. I mean, I think it was a needed thing, you know, with the collective bargaining agreement. I think both sides kind of figured out that, you know, it needed to move in, in, in you know, as better for the players and maybe what the owners had to. But I think missing no games, I think, is huge. Listen, did they miss some time in the offseason? It didn't get going right when it wanted to, spring training a little bit. But I think the biggest thing is you're still playing 162 games. You're still getting all your games in. And I think baseball doesn't miss a beat for, uh, you know, a little bit of the lockout they had because they didn't lose any games. Well, we can't wait to continue to listen to the mayor's office and to hopefully chat with you as this baseball season continues to unfold, Mayor. Looking forward, Pat. Anytime, man. Love being on the show. And you guys are awesome, man. And it, like I said, it's a big party in the Pat McAfee show. Every Woo! Day. Woo! Yeah. We appreciate you. Check out the mayor's office. His podcast is electrifying. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean, the mayor. Case. Yeah! Yeah! The soccer world is about to be rattled to its core. Everybody knows the name. Messi. Once a player for Barcelona. Mm -hmm. His entire life born and raised within the confines of the Barcelona Football Club. He went to school there, he trained there, he worked there. He became the greatest soccer player on earth at Barcelona FC. Then, when he left and went to PSG just last offseason because Barcelona almost went into bankruptcy. That's right. He kind of disappeared. Yeah, he did. And when he disappeared, people were like, is Messi done on the soccer field? He was great at Barcelona. He was the greatest at Barcelona, now he's become somebody that nobody even chats about. The announcement has been made. Messi is coming to the MLS. Yeah! yeah! Lionel Messi. Messi is set to head to the MLS in 2023. The Argentine will spend next season at PSG before leaving European football and buying 35% of Inter Miami, being Jackie Moon and joining David Beckham's franchise. There is a total agreement between both parties. Uh, source Alex Candle, this is via Transfer News Live uh, on Twitter. I hate to say this to the world. I hate it. I don't like to do this. Yeah, yeah, I know. I like to be a beacon of optimism and positivity, and everybody's welcome here, and everybody is welcome here. And your chats and conversations and thoughts are certainly, you know, appreciated, respected in this particular conversation and show. But soccer's our game now. Oh, yeah. Sorry, boys. Sorry about it. <laughs> We're about to win the soccer Lombardi and Qatar. Okay, uh -huh. they're playing it during American football season. You think that's a coincidence? No, because it's our fucking game yeah, now. Yeah. We got Messi coming over. Wait till Ronaldo signs over oh. here. Zlatan Ibrahimovic was already here, yep. obviously. Mm -hmm. The MLS is about to be a problem. We want Inter Miami in the Champions League starting immediately upon Messi's arrival. You're welcome, world. You're welcome, soccer. It's our game now. Gumpy, did I get everything right there? Did I miss anything in the soccer history, in the soccer future? That is 100% ours now. Spot on, my friend. This is this is what the MLS wanted when it started. Guys like this who are at a point in their career where they're not playing in Europe anymore, now they come to the MLS and dominate. What do you what point is that? Their best, their prime? Yeah. 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 
This one are playing their best soccer. That's right. I'm not so sure Mbop doesn't come over and play for Miami, too, because well, he's up in the air. Well, I seen David Beckham over there dapping everybody up at PSG. This is probably when he was negotiating oh, a deal oh, with yeah. Methy to buy into Miami, but maybe Mbop comes over with Methy. I don't know if they liked each other. Did they play good together this year? Um, Mbop, unfortunately, just signed with Real Madrid for next season. Maybe. No, no. Maybe if he's yeah, player coach. Yeah, he's he's big money trip. He hates Messi's well, guts. Does he own the team? Does he own the team? If he hates Messi's guts, maybe he fucking goes and signs with the Portland Timbers. Oh, okay. Could you imagine Mbop out there at the Portland Oh, oh God. Be good club. Dude, imagine Mbop and Lionel Messi oh. taking their respective clubs into the MLS championship and then going and competing in the Champions League. Now oh. we got a league. What now we're playing soccer. on the Red Bulls? Well. What's that scumbag Zidane up to? What do you well. mean, he should coach. You're saying oh, yeah, he's, he coach. he's a coach now. Yeah, but he's a coach. I mean, Neymar could come play for the New England Revolution. And nah, no, 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 yeah. yeah. everyone. No. We're the best team in the league. We no, were last not. year. No, we're we're going to be this year. Now, the Columbus Crew got a brand there, new dude. stadium. Maybe CR7 goes and plays for the Columbus Crew. Works. Cristiano's Columbus oh, Crew. Yeah, oh, ain't going to Ohio. The minor league team just beat the Columbus Crew, Pat. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Is Messi going to score like eight goals a game? No. Yes. I don't, I don't know who that is. So when David Beckham signed with the MLS, this was at like the uh, middle of the Beckham mania that was going on, which happened in the World Cup when he hit a PK like 90-some miles an hour, and then he hit a free kick, and then the Bennett like Beckham thing happened. And obviously he's incredibly attractive. And through Manchester United's growth in America, he became an absolute champion of soccer yeah. in America. So they just gave him like – I think he was making – Five million a day, maybe for three straight years or something, to come and play for the LA Galaxy. And when he got here, he hit, there was like some eighty-yard balls. He was hitting people. He's hitting some free kicks. Like he definitely did well. Zlatan Ibrahimovic came in with a bang. Mm -hmm. Every time these guys show up in the league, I think Henri even had a pretty good oh, run yeah. there yeah. with the Red Bulls. I think every time somebody comes to the MLS, they do have success pretty quickly. So yeah, let's, go. let's assume Matthew's going to do his That's thing. Pirlo, he crushed when he came over, played for that New York team as well. Yeah, absolutely. The that guy. David Villa. Oh, yeah, uh, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, is it time for Polythic to come home then? No. Uh, we have more news for Methy, I guess. Uh, bogus report, read 35% of in Miami. This is a negotiating ploy, not something that has been discussed. Messi to Miami has absolutely been on the table. However, and with a new stadium incoming, it's not as long of a shot as many think. What? Well, I what? thought it was confirmed. What did Taylor Twalman just say? Twalman's probably mad he's not going to fucking Chelsea. <laughs> That's just because it seemed like Twellerman was <laughs> leaning Chelsea in the Chelsea-Liverpool FA Cup final because uh, he thought Chelsea was going to win probably. No, no, what he said was there was more pressure on Liverpool because they'd already won the Cup and Chelsea had been bad all year, so there was no pressure on them to win the game. Well, how'd they get in the FA Cup final? If it, exactly. Yeah. Hey, that's a stupid sport. That's like winning with no hits. That's Twellerman. That's Twellerman. No, Twellerman's probably a good guy. He's taking a lot of shots. I mean, got to be the personal shot there. But So we don't know if this is real or not. To get to the bottom of it, joining us now, College football national champion, Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, mm -hmm. COVID survivor, AJ Hawk. AJ, hey, hey. AJ, so is Methy going to Miami or not? Uh, all the reports I have read, and you know, I am dialed into that soccer culture. Yep. I think Methy is going to be in Miami. He's going to be a part owner, and they're probably going to win it like 
10 straight times. 10 what? straight years to win one of the 15 soccer championships that they have per month. Whoa. Well, the thing about those soccer championships is there's only a couple of them mat- uh, that matter. The CONCAFA. Right. Yeah. I think that's the number one. No, I'm sorry. The that's, Soccer Lombardi. That's yeah. number one. Soccer Lombardi's number one. Concafe is number two. MLS Cup's number three. Yes. And then I guess Champions, Champions League. Don't yeah. forget the Euros. Euros are five. Euro Euro yeah. FA one's a lot older than Euros, so go ahead and drop that one down a True. little bit. Gonzalo Higuain is already at Inter Miami as oh, well. Really? He played on Argentina with Messi. So he's childhood friend. Yes. They, wow. play, they play up top together, and they yeah. are a formidable foe. Oh, and Messi's like, yeah, so I'm going to make money off this team, and I'm going to get to slice and dice people with old childhood friend. Let's go and do this. Can an MLS team, though, Pat? Sorry, can an MLS team go to the Champions League? Can no. we see them do that? Well, that's what we've been saying this entire yeah. time. It, it's our sport now, so if you want to actually call it the Champions League, like you got to have a representative from the MLS. Top four from MLS should go. Yeah. Can you imagine we send a team over there and <laughs> 20 nothing. No. <laughs> yeah. no, they yeah, 20-0 them, you mean? In, in yeah, yeah, Miami? Yeah. yeah, of course. Remember, same league that we saw a goalie whiff on a pass back yeah. to him numerous days in a row, I yeah. think, yeah, during right? the uh, entire bubble. The guy season. had a sitter in a box that took a massive divot. He just, fell, yeah. fell on his face. <laughs> now, that was in the middle of COVID, yeah, so was, we don't know what yeah. everybody was going right. through. Yes. The MLS is back tournament did save us. That was all we had. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Remember all the rules? They had to wear a mask to the field, but on the field, they were allowed to dap each other Let up with rip. no mask. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as they step off, uh, they're allowed to get a quick drink of water mask back on. Yeah. I wonder what the efficiency of all that was when we'll find out like 10, 15 years from now. You know what I mean, we'll, we'll never find out anything. Well, that's funny. Good transition. We're going to learn about aliens on this program tomorrow. Oh, yeah. You hear me? Who's coming on? we got somebody that was in a room where it happened. Oh. Where he was abducted? No. no. Actually, we don't know. No. Well, he didn't tell me. No, because if he, he didn't say it this morning either. He was in the uh, the Congress thing where they talked about the UFO things. Wait, did you have him set up before you even watched this or how this happened? No, no. Actually, I guess he's a fan of the show. He's from Green Bay. His people, his PR people, his comms, sorry. His comms, comms people uh, heard us talking about it, and I guess they pitched the idea to him. He said, cool. They reach out to us. Boom. We were like, yeah, definitely want somebody that knows information about aliens on the show. Then we watched the uh, mm-hmm. the little thing. He, hey, he went. He's prepared. He, 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 asked, he had him squirming a little bit. There was yeah. a couple... Yeah. There was a couple of one of these. So I'm like, all right, I think we're going to get good shit out of this. I'm excited for this guy. Seems like fastest congressman, the yeah, fastest, yeah. won That's the right. race. He uh former Marine. <laughs> and he seems to be very well researched in the entire, hey, me and Foxy definitely saw a UAP uh, flying outside of our plane. I mean, this is. I think it's going to be great. Um yeah, but did he get any, did anyone in that whole hearing get any questions answered? Did anything happen? Let me tell you. And I don't I saw watch, the doorway thing. What about the Mars doorway situation? Did that come out? That did, that did come out, but that I don't believe that was chatted about in the part that we saw. And this is I don't watch this ever C-SPAN ever. Turn it on for this, mm-hmm. obviously because I'm super interested in yeah. all this. Is it always like that? Like you know how team meetings are player only meetings in the NFL are always like, hey, okay, who's the hardest? Who's the toughest? Who's the most gangster? You know, who came from the worst play? And that's basically what player, not all of them, but a lot of player meetings turn into that. Say, anybody else have anything to say? Go ahead and speak your mind. Okay, 
guy that nobody wants to hear speak is now speaking, <laughs> telling entire testimony. Right. Yelling at the team, too. Yelling yeah. at the whole team. Yeah, where he came from, what he did, what we don't understand, and all this, and what we need. Okay. <laughs> All right, thank you. And then that person's done. It's like, all right, player-only meeting. That should have been over like two guys ago. Now it's over. Anybody else? I wasn't going to say it, but it's on my heart. All right, go up there. <laughs> this is so accurate. Yeah, okay. all right, here we go. And then it's just sitting there like, here we go. Like the first three people we wanted to hear from should be talking. Now we're kind of going through this thing, and everybody's trying to up the bar of who's the toughest. You know, it's a classic player-only meeting. It's basically the blueprint of it. I don't know this shit enough. Everybody was trying to sound smarter than the person before him. Yeah. Is that was the way they were phrasing their questions? There's no way they wanted me to understand what the fuck they were saying. It seemed like they were speaking in legalese the entire time. Word salad and vomit just falling out of every person's mouth as they're asking the question. And then the answer, guess what? Oh, that's two-way street of who's smarter than who. Well, contractually, we didn't blah, 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 blah. We haven't, I mean, it was... So I couldn't hear anything. Somebody much smarter than me might have been able to pick up some shit, but it sounded like they were speaking in a different language, AJ. I mean, that makes sense. That's what people tend to do like when they don't want to give answers or they could speak for five minutes at a time without saying anything. Like That happens a lot, I think, when the people are, being, are given answers. Like If you're being questioned in a setting like that, you want to talk as long as you can without saying anything. And I think that's always their goal. Oh, yeah, succession. They said the longer you talk, the less time they have to ask their questions and accuse you of stuff. But that wasn't but what you can they... ask cool questions, though. You can ask, you got to find a way to jam in your questions, like exactly what you're trying to get across. Oh, yeah, so filibuster is when you just start speaking. Right? Yeah. yeah. They were deflecting a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of we we don't can't confirm not in our department. It's like, well, you guys oversee everything we thought. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like they're like not in ours. It was like, whoa, 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 what's going on? So it almost felt like they were defensive when it. I didn't know this was like a a trial of the two people that are in charge. I thought that was a hey, we're spilling information, but it was clearly we don't know what we're all allowed to yeah. say, what we're not allowed to say. I think Big G called them out for it too. Uh, Mike Gallagher. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was, he, by the way, Big, Big G. G. I don't yeah. know if that's what we're calling him. <laughs> Big G, though, the guy's coming on the show tomorrow. He, very respectful, by the way, the way he asked his question. Had some word salad in there. I didn't understand a lot of things he was saying, but he was referencing a lot of things that we had known about on the internet for a long time that they clearly did not know about. Like, they gave, we don't personally know that information or whatever. He's like, well, a pretty big situation. Who would know if you guys don't? Well, we haven't looked into it because nobody of authority has told us to look into it or whatever. And he was like, well, I don't consider myself a person of authority, but I would like us to look into yeah, it. Yeah. So I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see how it all goes. I texted Gonzo, you know, because that's Gonzo's world. I'm like, Gonzo, any one of these fuckers just ask, hey, are there aliens in the United States of America? Like, will anybody ask that? And I got a laugh, a pop out of them. But nobody did. Nobody asked that question. I mean, no matter what they ask in there, I feel like they're not going to get anything. So that's why it'll be fun to have Big G on the show tomorrow. We can ask him these things. Like, what's it like? How do you do you sit there and prepare these questions? Like, hey, I have to find a way to be very concise in the short amount of time I have. I will say, hey, we did not know this guy existed before yesterday. No. Get a reach. He wants to come on the show. Yeah. Love that. Okay, cool. His people want to come on the show. Cool. And then we watch his performance in there. It's like... All right. All right. I feel like we got a guy. Yeah. Crushed. Is this our new Gonzo? <laughs> Maybe. Is this our new Gonzo when we have so questions? We call him. Hey. We're going to call him anytime there's any, we ever have a question about anything to do with politics or lawmaking or anything. Hey, just quick. Why is this happening? Okay. That, the <laughs> amount of times I do that to Gonzo, like, hey, I just read a headline. Why? Why does everybody want you dead right now? Well, Pat, I, uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm going to go back to sports. Yeah. I'm excited for that tomorrow. Let's dive into some uh, NFL stuff, shall we, AJ? Monday oh, yeah. Night Football will be able to flex games during weeks 14 
through 18. But it was pointed out that we're not sure in the last week of the season they have a Monday Night Football game. So this might be just 14 through 17. Nonetheless, this is great news for everybody's entertainment value and great news for Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, who were probably looking at what games were being had on Monday Night Football towards the end of the season with teams that were projected to be good and then end up having an a unlucky injury to a star player and their season doesn't go nearly as good as everybody had expected when they were creating the schedule months and months beforehand. The ability to flex Sunday Night Football has used to great success. Sunday Night Football for like 16 years now has been the best game of the week every single week. Everybody's watching it. Football Night in America does its thing. It's the best wrap-up show. I mean, that is a beautiful thing. And a large part of it is because the ability to flex a game that fucking matters into prime time. Now that ESPN's able to do that, that's great news. Thursday night will never be able to do this, but I'm happy that Monday night's able to do it. Is there any drawbacks? And what are your thoughts, you think, AJ? I mean, any drawback just goes to those specific teams that either get flexed into that or flexed out. Like, I guess if you're if you're flexed in, coaches should, like, I don't know, if you're the owner of a team you, and GM, I think you absolutely are excited because, hey, here we go, primetime game Monday night. This means people want to watch us play or they think people want to watch us play. But, uh, you know, you know the old school coaches, though, want to know their schedule, want to know what day you're playing on. We have our routine, and they don't, they don't want to, uh, you know, derail that. But I think also – COVID helped this too. Guys had to juggle and figure things out with schedules, Wednesday, Zoom meetings, all of that things, all of that stuff. So I think now they're equipped to handle it, and I think it's great. People, even players that play in the NFL, they don't want to watch a garbage Monday night game if they're not playing in it. They're like, okay, cool, let's flex it out and see a game I want to see. That's one of the only games, by the way, the players can watch. So like Monday night football, Thursday night football, during the week, the only games that guys really get a chance to watch. And I think you're talking about it because the conversation is normally like, this game is trash. This is a trash game. Who cares about these teams? That happens. And I think that is a large part of Monday night football losing its prestige over time. Monday Night Football used to be like a mini Super Bowl every oh, yeah. single week. Like it was It was an event. I my generation, I'm 38. My generation I still remember like it, it's the old nostalgia thing. We would old pistol would make a fire in our fireplace. It was fall. My brothers we we'd pack pillows down and we'd get to stay up later and watch Monday Night Football and it was a thing. We'd fall asleep by halftime or whatever, but it was like that's what I remember as a child like as a kid. And I don't know if they have that anymore. I don't know if it's like appointment football as much as it once was. And I don't know if it'll ever will be because that was back when I think like Madden was doing mm-hmm. it and Gruden then got into it and it was a big to-do, big deal. But being able to flex games in there with Joe and Troy, I think it'll add a little bit more buzz. Now, that is only three weeks. So Week, yeah. week 18, uh, I looked it up. Um, since they don't have the Monday Night Football, obviously, Week 18, I believe – there's two games on Saturday. One of those is Monday Night Football. Oh, okay. so technically it's Monday Night Football, but it's on a Saturday. Correct. So, so it's Saturday, Monday Night Football. So I think they'll be able to flex one of those. Oh, that's very nice for them. And that stinks more than the Monday flex, for well, sure. Saturday early in the week stinks much more than a Monday flex. Somebody getting flexed from Sunday to Monday, I don't like a big deal except for on the back end, but you're getting a Monday Night Football game, so... Who cares? From Monday to Sunday, you probably have to know like a week out, two weeks out. Doesn't change anything. You're back to regular schedule. I mean, it is. I, I think the logistics of it, I don't think it's a big problem. I think that's why I've been asking and wondering why this hasn't happened. And I assume ESPN was doing the same thing. Like, hey, why, why do we get stuck with games that are ass late in the season when we could clearly just take this game that was scheduled for 1 o'clock was going to be regional. This divisional game now all of a sudden means like one playoff spot or no playoff spots coming out of that game. That is huge. And I think to go back to talking about how as an event, that helps. That helps massively. Now, granted, the coverage of Monday Night Football and the way 
it's kind of been handled over what the last five years, six yeah. years. Yeah has been obviously a part of it, a part of the conversation. But if you have great football games, none of that, none, nothing else matters. You have great football games, nothing else matters. Everybody will pay attention. Yeah, now that Joe and Troy are the, you know, people who are going to be calling the game, it feels like it might go back to that appointment television. And now Monday Night Football is a playoff game too, right? That first wild card weekend, they actually get one on the Monday. How do we feel about that? A Saturday, Sunday, and Monday primetime playoff games? Well, that's yeah. why I thought maybe the Week 18 game would still be on Monday because I can just pick one of the teams that might play the week after still on a Monday. I like them moving into Saturday late in the season. Oh, a yeah. lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That super wild card weekend. Oh. So good. Oh, my. Goes by too fast every year. I agree. We got to remember. Okay, let's remind ourselves to embrace those moments a little bit more. Hmm. You know, to wake up on that Saturday where we got NFL all uh, day. Oh, uh, damn right. And then on Sunday where we got NFL all day. Uh, and now what? We got Monday night? Yeah, last week. Oh. Or last year was what? Cardinals-Rams was the Monday night playoff yeah. game. And mm-hmm. that was actually it. A, that was a nice blow. Hey, let's enjoy it. Here we go. Let's Saturday. enjoy that. You remember, we had these conversations to ourselves whenever the world stopped. Yeah. And we kind of got past that, didn't we? We would start judging. This game stinks. Yeah, mm-hmm. This good. game stinks. So remember, there was a time when there was no games, AJ. And that oh, time's right oh, fucking oh. now. Mm-hmm. I think good. we judged games pretty quickly when we were so excited to see what what was the baseball that came on first? Korean baseball. baseball. Yeah. The dinos were a yeah. fucking wagon. Dinos forever. <laughs> they were. They had for- what? One game? People gave it about one game, I think. Three. Yeah, gave Maybe. it a weekend set. Yeah, we tried our best because they were. It was taking over all of television. Yeah, it was. They're bumping shows. Yeah, yeah they're bumping <laughs> to show the KBL. Yeah, in the morning too. You wake up, get yep. a chance to watch the dinos smash some baseballs, oh. a little celebratory mascot dance in the background, mm-hmm. a bunch of cardboard cutouts on the other side of Earth. Well, it yep. started with the thing before the cardboard cutouts too. They had sex dolls in there for a while. Oh yeah, and then America Television was like, uh, we understand you guys are okay with all that, but we can't just have uh, twenty thousand dildos staring at us. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry about it, dinos. Okay, put the dino dicks away. <laughs> If you want to air on ESPN. <laughs> they didn't really have 20,000 sex dolls there, did they? Yes, they did. They I don't know about 20,000, yeah. at least five, though. Yeah, yeah they were all right behind home plate. Yeah. yeah. Mouths wide open. Yeah. Bunch was it on purpose crazy. to be a joke? Or were they trolling people? Or was this like, hey, we need bodies in here? Well, I think it was uh, a combination of all of those. Yeah. A combination of all The headquarters of, those. of like sex bots was in Korea at the time, and they just threw them all in there. So so it's a big marketing money. plan. Big sponsor, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Big sponsor. Did they let people, like, did they open the gates eventually? Masked, obviously, and let people sprint in and try to, firemen's carry two <laughs> sex dolls on their shoulders out of the, the place? Hey, you remember that doll you've been staring down behind home plate? Mm-hmm. One time only. You get in here early, it'll be like a uh, big Black sale Friday. Friday. Yeah. yeah, big sale Friday. <laughs> mm-hmm. I gotta go get that spray paint blonde. <laughs> She's been eyeing me behind the dino's home plate this whole fucking COVID. I'm going to do terrible things to that. <laughs> get in there, get stolen right in front of you. Oh, no, 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 no. Sex dolls, what a scene. What a scene. That's yeah. all kind of changing with the Oculus situation, I guess, huh? Yeah, they were fined $100 million. By who? Um, wow. say, I'm guessing the, the league. Are they going to hey, pay it? Korean baseball doesn't fuck around with $100 million? It doesn't say dollars. It says team fined $100 million. I don't know what the exchange rate yeah. is for their cash for oh, source. No, 100 million won. Oh. <laughs> so how many so, is that? What's the exchange rate? I, I'll be honest. I don't know. The con- 50 I'm bucks. Up here. I'll tell you what the exchange rate will get you. You go into Canada with Canada beating America, 
you get less money. And then on the way out, America's beating Canada. You get less money, Ooh. so you lose it's, going into Canada it's, it's on Friday. $78,000. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, well, well Zito, you started a good convo. Yeah. yeah. Started a good convo, Zito, right? I thought they were saying they won the, the yeah. game. <laughs> that was the currency. That's on me. <laughs> Is it spelled oh. W-O-N? Yes, yeah. yes. 100 million won. Yeah. I, I, uh. I run a South Korea team find 100 million one for using sex dolls as fans. So I thought they won the game. Sound like they won the lawsuit. Yeah. On yeah. yeah. At nah. first glance, I didn't. Say that. All right, let's move on. Um, uh, well, that's a very serious subject to tap into after the sex doll conversation. We will. Uh, hey, those Saturday games though for the NFL. We also need to look forward to Christmas Eve Saturday football now too, because last yes. year we had the Christmas Day, yeah. Christmas mm-hmm. on Sunday. Yeah, now we got the Christmas Eve games, and we'll have a full slate on Christmas. How pissed off is the NBA? About oh, oh, can't imagine. That's like huge. That's big time money that they're going to be losing. Are they still playing on Christmas Day? It's like they're oh, they just not going to yeah. do it. Oh yeah. It's like oh, what they, they <laughs> it really forever. What? What? It was the. Thanksgiving is football, and then the NBA gets Christmas. And now they just don't get Christmas this and New year. Year's Eve is football. Yep. Yep. New Year's Day, college football. Yeah. Right? That's what it was, always was. So how many times – this has obviously had to have happened. I don't know the ins and outs of the calendar, but Sunday has been Christmas numerous times, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Recent history, how, how do we know how often that is? Is that one every seven? No. How do the years – how does that work? How, when was the last time the NFL said, hey, NBA – Fuck you for Christmas. I don't know, because what is it? With the leap year, it skips a day sometimes. So maybe oh, six years ago. So year. then you all say you got January, it's got <laughs> 30 days, 31 days. And February is down here to 28, then March, and then April, May, June, July. What's that never worked Christmas for me. on a Sunday was in 94. Okay. Fucking 2005. Since 71. 2011, 2016, 2022, and the next time is 2033. So 16. So it's happened six years yeah. ago. I don't but know. the NBA Christmas thing feels like the 16 one's really the only one that's been affected because that's become yeah. the yeah. the big. Mm-hmm. You said 1970. What they've been 1971 doing NBA on Christmas, NFL on Christmas. Well, that was the first time. What? what? <laughs> I thought the season was over by then. Back in the day. No, Cowboys and Vikings played on Christmas Day in 1971. Oh, okay. That is, okay. All right, so you're saying that's the first time they played on Christmas, the NFL? Yeah. Okay, got it. How long has the NBA been playing on Christmas? I will find that out, but I got, I got news that we didn't know about. Go on. Okay, so Sunday's Christmas. Remember how they were announcing Christmas Day games? We were like, well, it's fucking Sunday. We're all going to play on Sunday. No, there's 11 games on Saturday. Wow. So they're giving the NBA Sunday? Well, no, they have the Packers, Dolphins, Broncos, Rams, Bucks, Cardinals are all going to be on Sunday. Oh, so just They're one, have, four. So yeah, uh, eight. Eight. So the NBA is still not thrilled. No, the NBA no. needs to have a nine a.m. or ten a.m. or in there. Eleven really Saturday is going to be focused. Sweet, though. With, Sweet, yeah. Christmas Eve. Oh my God! All the fake happiness you got to be. With cool. Those teams too, like the Packers and the Dolphins are playing. Like the. Bucks and the Heat are two of the best teams in the NBA that would probably maybe be playing on Christmas. Probably. People are definitely going to watch the NFL over. I mean, One in, million you know, percent, no yeah. doubt, because they do. I mean, put Kobe all their used best to play on Christmas Day. Yes, yes. Yeah. LeBron. Yep. Kobe, LeBron, Christmas Day. That's what I remember. Joker. The past three years because he's been the MVP. Well, now that they have Denver, the Broncos are on that day, so yeah. they're not getting. The That's NBA tough. Season. Oh no, poor NBA dead. <laughs> Obviously, Cincinnati Bengals stud now in the area founder 
of Pro Football Focus in the voice of Sunday Night, the award-winning Sunday Night Football. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Collinsworth! Yeah. 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 Chris! Yes, we did! Let's go! Let's go, Chris, you're on the show! We did it! Hey. Let's go! Hey, I'm excited and thankful you're here, man. You're an absolute boss. And we tried to celebrate you earlier, but obviously it froze up. In the Drew Brees uh, announcement of everything he's got going on, it was kind of murmured in there that you signed an extension with Sunday Night Football. I feel like we stay on top of this stuff as much as possible. Was that known? And if not, why have we not? You deserve a big congratulations yeah. and you deserve it, man. Is that the case? I put everybody associated with me under the threat of death. If they uh, leak out anything that uh, I'm associated with, we just kind of fly under the radar screen. You know what I mean? You just want to, everything's good. Everything's been good at NBC for a long time. I've got the peacock flying behind me here. I've got PFF over here in the corner. You can check out all that. There you go. Hey, you're Mr. High Tech, baby. Hey, you're a conglomerate. You're a mogul. I, I think the fact that, not only that you're so good in the booth, and congrats on the extension, well-deserved. Yeah, well-deserved. Well, we Bravo. all, we all appreciate your voice and the way you call games, but the founding of Pro Football Focus has really been a game-changer. I mean, honestly, the way agents talk about players, the way players talk about players. Now, people get offended because how could you know certain coverages, what somebody's job is? There's obviously downfalls to everything. How did you know that PFF was something you wanted to do, and is it something that you needed as a commentator? And like, well, I think everybody probably needs it. Do they do those kind of go hand in hand together? I, one of these days, you'll have to come over here. You two guys will have to come over here, and I'll do the full demonstration for you. There is almost no way to prepare for a football game anymore, whether you're a team, whether you're a broadcaster, whatever you are, without having the use of PFF. Honestly, I, I don't know how anybody does it. I, I know. You know, Tom Brady is going to be a brand ambassador, and I don't know what that is, but I, I sure would like to be that for $37 million. <laughs> but you know, but even, even brand ambassadors, they're going to need the tools, right? And, and all of this is attached. I've got like over a 1,000 people that work for us. And so if you want to see Devontae Adams' back shoulder throws in the fourth quarter with less than two minutes to go, out of a spread formation. It's like Google. You can look up anything you friggin' want to look up and, and the whole thing. And so everybody gets caught up in the grades and every once in a while, some 300 pound dude will come over to me when I'm watching practice, you know, and I'm like, oh hell, what, what was this grade? You know? <laughs> don't know if he's happy about it. You don't know if the guy's gonna choke you out. You don't know what's gonna happen here. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been fantastic. It really has. The kids are unbelievable who do the work. Chris, can you talk a little bit about your prep? You mentioned that. I remember watching maybe a, a Real Sports or Showtime special where they were showing your prep while you're watching film with a headset on, like dictating your thoughts or just – and then does that go to – the audio go to your producers and director and everybody? And how does that all play out throughout the week? Hey, you're on it, man. Yeah, I, I've got so, – so what I do is every week – so usually these guys will call me right when peyton manning was thinking about going into broadcasting they go all right tell me tell me what i don't know about this and i said you know well peyton here's the deal and of course he cracked the code better than everybody he's in his living room he's got four guests he's like a genius but i said you know like like so you every week would spend every moment of your time getting ready for you know the defense of the other team and that's great that's exactly what you should be doing I said, for me, 
I spend one day getting ready for that defense. I spend one day getting ready for your offense. I spend another day getting ready for that defense and another day getting ready for that offense. And then you have special teams and then you have coaches that you've never heard of before that you've got to have phone calls with <laughs> and you go back and forth. And I, I go, I go, I know everybody who comes out and thinks they're going to go into broadcasting, thinks they're going on vacation, they're going to get paid $37 million, which some of them do, which is great. But, you know, from, from the standpoint of the preparation, there's so much to know. Think about it. I mean, I'm going to go in in week nine and do a game. Let's say we were on a flex into a Jets game. The Jets have had this turnaround season. They're fantastic. Their fan base has watched every minute of every single game they have. They know the entire history of that team. They know everything about it. If I can just get to what a New York City cab driver knows about the Jets, I, I'm, I'm in pretty good shape. Now I've got to get even elevated above that because, I mean, if you if you say something stupid on a pregame show, and oh. I did a lot of that. I, I said a lot of stupid stuff on pregame shows, and nobody really cares at the end of the day. The number one question that I get from everybody in every single city, including Cincinnati, I just had a lady today came up to me in the airport, and she said, why do you hate Joe Burrow? Oh, like, yes. What you, I go, what are you talking about? What do you mean I hate Joe Burrow? What do you, I, you know, she goes, I heard in the Super Bowl, like you were, you criticized him one time. I'm like, oh, heaven forbid. I criticized a guy who made one bad throw in the Super Bowl. He's only like God here in this town. But and that's all I hear. Like, why do you hate whatever in the Super Bowl that was being played in Indianapolis? Home sweet home for you. Absolutely. We were sitting there and I'm walking out of a restaurant this is the night before the game uh the patriots are playing the giants and there's a table full of giants fans they've got their hats on so i know exactly what they are so i go walking by the table and i've heard this a million times literally from every fan base and this guy turns around and goes hey collinsworth you know so now i already know what it is if they if they say hey chris then it might be hey we really like your body but no hey collinsworth so tell us why you hate the Giants. Clearly, <laughs> so I launch into this thing and I go, you know, I don't hate them. I just have to critique. That's my job. I do, you know, da 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 da. And so why do you hate the Giants? And so I walk by and just this one time in my entire life, it's the only time I ever did it. Right here. I walked by and I said, I don't know. I just hate them. Stop! <laughs> <laughs> oh, we fucking do it! And I was like, you idiot i go this is going to be on the front page of the new york times proof that collinsworth hates the giants but i didn't care it was like the only time in my entire life i'm like i'm free i'm free i finally did one pat mcafee moment no, 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 no. i was thinking about no. and let it go baby it was good now you have a lot more pressure and you talked about the pregame show and what we do on a daily basis but the eyes that the nfl brings in the eyes that Sunday Night Football bring with the ability to flex games and have important games every single week in the production, you guys are like the standard, I think, for a lot of different places. You've been a part of that now for how long Were you have you been the guy for Sunday Night Football? 13 years, and we've had 11 straight years as the number one show on television. Now let's go! Hey, hey, yeah. let's go! Yeah. Let's, let's put that in perspective a little bit because – Prior to this, the number one show streak of longest number one running show was six years. 
Um, and I don't even know which one it was. All in the family or something. Um, but that was the record. And we're up to 11. And no sports show had ever been the number one show even for one year. Not even for one year ever in the history of television. And it's been 11 straight years. So it's a big credit to NBC, Al Michaels, Fred Gadelli, Drew Essikoff, a lot of people. Dick Ebersaw, who came up with the idea to do to move it all to Sunday, to the NFL for giving us flex scheduling, for giving us the best games and the top teams. And because when I grew up, Monday night football was it. That's what I we're mean, talking about. Hey, hey, when you were frozen, it, right? hey, when you were frozen, right before you were frozen, we were talking about that, about how Monday night football was like a mini Super Bowl every single week. It was an event. AJ what? said he used to go outside with pistol, his dad, and they'd have bonfire. They stay mm-hmm. up late. They watch Monday night football. And Sunday night football has become that with people. It's an event. The recap, football night in America, the entire coverage is just like, it's it's routine. It's become an institution. Like, hey, this is just what you do. There's shakeup now with Al gone. Obviously, Tariko yeah. moving up there. Maria Taylor now host of uh, Football Night in America. Are you guys already on conversations about? I mean, you and Tariko have worked together before, but it seems like this NBC team is a well-run machine. You got some moving parts. Drew Brees is gone. How's it feel over there? And you guys are already getting to work on next season. We just came out of meetings yesterday. That's the reason I was in New York City. I had the pleasure of going through LaGuardia Airport. It's the it's the most physical I've been in a in any situation since I left the National Football League, getting through the lines there. But I did bust through. <laughs> hey, were you and, getting bullied? Were you getting bullied? Oh, like- oh, dude, you think you know wrestling? You should have. You'd have been so proud of me. I, I looked like Flying <laughs> Brian Pillman, the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Who I was the manager for in the biggest wrestling event ever held in Cincinnati. I, 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 wrestling is the greatest, right? The greatest. Seriously. Yes. It's the greatest. It's the greatest. greatest. So from the time we were all kids, like wrestling is, is my, was the greatest. So we came out of this thing. And so this guy named, who was a special teams guy, flying Brian Pillman, this dude would launch himself off the top rope and do back. I mean, he, but he played special teams on our team. So he asked me to be his manager one time. And I was like, I don't know, dude, I go, this, this sounds a little dicey. He goes, oh, come on, come on, come on. It'd be great. You'd love it. So we go back and we go back in the locker room and all these guys are sitting in the back. There's like one locker room. It's not like, oh, yeah. you know, MMA. They're all in the same locker room. They're smoking a cigarette. They're all having a drink. They're doing whatever it is that they do. They're all buddy-buddy. They're playing cards. They're doing different things. And then you go out into the arena. And then the guy that you were just playing cards with over there comes flying at you. And you can, you can think whatever you want about wrestling, but when you've been involved in the game of football as long as we have, and that dude has that look on his face, and he's coming at you, it's a different deal. And they start throwing each other around. I don't know how those guys do this. I don't know how 52 weeks a year they get up off the deck and do it again and do it again and do it again. I mean, it was it was such a fun experience. I'm so glad I did it. You actually wrestled, though, right? Yeah. You did it. Yeah, I'm undefeated. Was it awesome? In, yeah, insanity. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I, undefeated in no, sanctioned matches at like, WrestleMania. Like, like, were you legitimately nervous doing it? Like, like legitimately nervous compared to playing in a game or whatever? So, Chris, such a different feeling, right? It, for punting, it's like, if I fuck up, 
I'm ruining a lot of people's lives here. The, 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 the defense, the, everybody on defense, I'm setting up their life for misery there. I'm, I'm not going to feel position. Defense coordinator, guess what? He's not happy. His wife, she's probably pissed <laughs> as well that this is happening. They're co- you know, like that's the thought whenever you're punting or have that type of position. It's like, all right, everybody is doing a thing here. This is my role. I'm going to go and do it. Very similar when it comes to the wrestling program. Like, hey, everybody has their job. So it was similar to the football field feeling but man i had so much fun i mean i had there was not a lot of nerves at all it was like i thought you you were just in your element you were loving it yeah i thought so i thought like hey this is what i was probably born to do you know like as i was kind of going i mean dallas cowboys cheerleaders come out seven nation army is banging there's like a hundred thousand people screaming along how you walk out there you see it's like impossible not to like get chills or whatever you know like I, i was like holy shit there was a big holy shit moment but then it was like oh this is Maybe the coolest thing I've ever been a part of. So then it's like that type of feeling. You know, you keep it moving. Let's get back to you, though. You fucking... Wait, I, want, I want to ask one other question. Come on, AJ. Chris! It's about you! AJ. No, no, no. AJ, seriously, like, did you ever think that the biggest kick-ass guy in the league post-football life would be the punter of the decade? This is PFF's punter of the Decade. Well, we know. I am not lying to you. And <laughs> he had one of the biggest hits in the history of Sunday Night Football. Am I lying? And you were the soundtrack you, of it, by the way. Made it sound amazing. It. Let's go, you Chris. You got it. Yeah, let's get you back to it. you. AJ, don't answer that question. Chris, enough with your questions. I'm back <laughs> AJ, to you. AJ, do whatever you want. You played linebacker for 100 years. <laughs> no, no, AJ, don't. You're in Ohio. <laughs> don't mute him. Mute him. Hey, mute he's going to be a professional golfer, too, Chris. We'll tell you about that later. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. He and Lamar. Well, <laughs> hey, Lamar's probably much closer than I am, no matter what people are saying about those photos. But let's get back. You're wrestling through LaGuardia after the NBC meetings. Okay, let's get yeah. back to that. The NBC meetings, what was it? You and Tariko just know each other so well. Shouldn't be an issue at all. Or what are you looking forward to this season? Anything new? Or is it just kind of same great show that it's been uh, all year, all these years? You know what? I only had one thing to say, right, in, in this meeting. I said, I'm only going to say one thing, and this is it. I said, Al Michaels, Michelle Tafoya, Fred Gidelli, because Drew Esikoff, our director, is going to stay with us, are all like the greatest, right? The record speaks for themselves. What they did was unbelievable. This incredible stretch of success on television, it was fantastic. I said, the only way that we're going to truly screw this up is if we try to do what they did. I go, we can't do that. We, we can't be Al Michaels. We can't be Fred Gadelli. We can't be Michelle Tafoya. We have to take this group of people and do whatever it is that we do. I don't know what that's going to be. And when people get hired to be a broadcaster or when the, a new head football coach comes in, I, I always say that same thing. I'm like, like players know BS, right? I mean, how many times have you had a coach come up in front of you guys and just like, hey, you know, like da 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 da, da and you know it's not them. You know, you know it's like they're trying to be do an impersonation of like everybody used to do a John Madden impersonation when they were in broadcasting. Everybody would do you know what a Tom Landry impersonation back in the day, whatever the case may be. Like, dude, you've been practicing your whole life to be you. I go, let's just be us. That's it. Whatever we are, if it sucks, if we all get fired, I I don't care. But let's, if we're going to win or we're going to lose, let's do what we do and let's do it great. And and it'll be great. It will be great. 
Hey, that's good leadership, Chris. Yeah. That's great leadership there. Authenticity is a real thing. It always works in the end. It's always here. Go ahead, AJ. Chris, when you first got in the league, can you compare what it was like then to, I guess, what the league would be like now? You mentioned earlier, like, oh, guys smoking cigs and all that. We hear all these stories. I know I had coaches that said, like, hey, it was the wild, wild west. They'd walk in, like, guys were doing whatever they wanted. Was it like that when you got in the league? Um, yeah, pretty much. And I'm just going to take it from what I actually know, but play in the wide receiver position. I played quarterback all the way up to my sophomore year in, in college. And then <laughs> I went over 11 and two picks in the spring game. And that was <laughs> right so, solid work, solid work there. Um, yeah, but I mean, like when I watch the game right now, if you couldn't hit me in the head, in the chin or any of those spots like when you went over the middle it back in the day you knew you were getting stitches in your chin and i had so many sets of stitches in my chin over the course of my career until like my second year in the nfl and my cousin who played fullback at eastern kentucky said to me he goes how big a dumbass are you? And I go, what? What are you talking about? He goes, you know, they have padded chin straps. Oh, right? You go. do not have to have your chin look like that. Every, I, I never even thought about it. But you think about the difference. If all you can do is hit me in the butt. So, so think of, of, of the human body like an animal, right? So the protective oh, shell is on the back, right? Think about it. People can take a baseball bat to anywhere on your back. You've got ribs back there, you've got protection. It doesn't really get hurt to get hit in the butt or the back of the thighs or your calves or anything else. As opposed to what really hurts is getting hit anywhere in the front. Get hit in the face, get hit and get the wind knocked out of you. You can break your sternum. You can, you know, thigh bruise. Certainly the crotch shot is no good. Get hit in the shin, the knee. It's all bad, right? And the only thing built to protect you in front are your eyeballs. So you're supposed to be able to protect yourself with your eyes. Well, if you play wide receiver, that's out. Because you got to look at the, at the ball, right? You don't have time to figure out what and protect yourself out there. So if you couldn't hit me in the head in, in, as a receiver, like I would like to play with that. I would like to play with the gloves <laughs> that these guys have today. I would like to play with the football all softened up because you know what they used to play with they used to take those things right out of the package oh. they were slimy they were grimy they were now they're spending a month like hosing these things down and scrubbing them i would like to play with the modern football the modern gloves and have nobody hit me in the face those are the things i'd like to try one more time well we're excited that we get a chance to hear you call football where people can get you know, no hits to the face or anything like that. You continue to get better, I think, on air. And I am so incredibly thankful that you were able to stop by. Obviously, got cut short. Our fault, not yours. Obviously, you got the peacock behind you and PFF. So we assume this is our fault. We, Who knows? Could be anything. Wish we were able to have more time. Can you please come back soon so we can continue this conversation? Absolutely. Now you've got a, I've got a few more stories I need to hear out of you guys, but you know, it's a give and take thing, right? I mean, at some point 
I'm going to give, but you got to give it up a little bit, too. <laughs> Listen, it would be, you know, one day, hopefully, I'll be able to go on your podcast. You know, that'd be, yeah. that'd be really cool to one day get to go. But when you come on, nobody needs to hear about me when you come on this show. So don't ask me any questions about me, okay? Please, we need to talk about you more. What you have done with NBC, what you have done for the NFL is notable. And your business, entrepreneurialism with PFF, I mean, you are a fucking guy that we all look up to. So please come back again. We can't wait to hear you uh, on Sundays. And I hope you can be yourself alongside everybody else and hopefully it'll be great which we assume it will be you guys are fantastic man thanks for the time you golfing right now you got a good tan going you got a pretty good tan you know as you get a little older you don't have to work quite as hard as you are working right now you know i i know you're going to take the amazon job and 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 dollars and you're going to have this it's okay man it's okay if you make more money than Tom Brady, it elevates the floor for all of us bottom dwellers. I think it is fantastic that the rumor is forty-five million. That's what I heard for you to Amazon. I don't know if it's true. I just I just deal in what I hear, and it's up to you to confirm it. But since in fact you don't want to talk about yourself, you can't answer that question. All right, all right. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Chris Collinsworth. Hey, you Chris, you're the best, Chris. Oh, you're the best. All right, Chris. All right, Chris. Thank you, Chris. You're the best, man. That dude's a legend. Joining us now is a man whose tickets for his tour will go on sale this Friday at BillBurr.com forward slash tour. Bill Burr, slight return. He'll be in cities like Tulsa, Philadelphia, Chicago, all across the country. And he's going to be the first comedian to ever play fucking Fenway. Hell yeah. New Netflix special June 6th. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the greatest comedians to ever be birthed into our earth, Bill Burr. Yeah! Let's go, Bill. Hey, how are you? That's a hell of an intro. Hey, you deserve it. Every single piece of it because that brain of yours is so goddamn magical. Bill, how you doing, man? How's life? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. You know, I'm uh, here. I'm working. I'm uh, editing a film right now. So uh, this is a welcomed break. Yeah, you're like super hands-on. F is for family, obviously. You made that, created that. You're editing a fucking film? Like right in the middle of the process of on premiere. What is it? Premiere? What are you guys, what are you editors? Or final cut. Final cut. Right now you're in the middle of doing that? Is that like, uh, is it a movie you're in? And do we know the name of this movie? And when's it coming out? Uh, yeah, I am in it. I wrote it with the buddy of mine, Ben Tischler, and uh, directed the thing and all of that stuff. <laughs> Stepped into that somehow. So my summer is living with this thing. But it's been a lot of fun, man. It's fucking wild. It's really, uh, am I not supposed to curse in this show? No, 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 let it be, let it be. Oh, wait, twice. wait, you said fucking Fenway. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> See, I set the tone there, trying to let you know, you know what I mean, early. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's been, a it's been a lot of fun. Old Dads, fun. I believe, is the name of the movie. Can't wait to watch that. You're going on tour in September. So all summer with this movie, directing and editing and cutting. Then you're going on tour. You're doing Fenway. When do you have time for all this? Are you just always creating shit? When do you do the, like, the set you're going to do in Fenway, by the way? Hey. Yeah. Hey. Here we uh, go. Like, when do you put that set together? When are you able to work on that while doing all your other shit? Uh, the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a little, it's. Yeah, I am a little straight out right now. I it just it was weird. Like the pandemic, there was nothing going on, and then all of this other stuff, everything just landed at the same time. So I think that that's why. But uh, I, I think I'm I'm not going to do anything next year. Smart. <laughs> that's like famous last words. Smart. Hey, how do you know what to do, what not to do? Like in like 
to find that balance between yeah you're like a legit actor now director everything else and then your stand-up is unbelievable how do you find that balance i haven't <laughs> that's why i'm taking a year off right yeah yeah i haven't i gotta figure out how to like uh i don't even want to get into it it's just like every year i'm like why the fuck am i working right up until christmas every year i say fucking give me two weeks off before christmas and I don't, I don't know. I, I gotta, I gotta learn. Uh, you know, it just gets, it gets away from me every year. Every year, it just gets away from me, and then I just go, "What the? F- how did I get all this shit?" I, I don't know. I don't know. It's something I'm, I'm working on, and what? I haven't figured it out. And this is gonna be another year where I'm doing too much shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just got a text. Do you want to do this phoner this week? You do. I'm saying no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is new, Bill Burr. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. I saw your guns on this podcast, and now I feel strong. Yeah! <laughs> Fucking Bill Burr taking a stand for his life. Hell yeah. Yeah. I bet you do more shit next year than you did this year, and that's the way it's going to be until you retire, pal. You're a goat now at this point, so everything's going to be on the table for you. Whenever you think about doing Fenway and doing this tour, what is, you know, because the obviously the Chris Rock, Will Smith shit is... Huge in the comedy world. Then you follow that up nah, with Chappelle. That's over. Chappelle, though. That's over. Then Chappelle. Nobody's talking about it. What about Chappelle? Dale, man. That's old bread. <laughs> You're going to lose a filling on that. Both of those? <laughs> Chappelle and Chris Rock? Well, I mean, they, you know, Will Smith went to India with some publicist to take pictures in front of the Taj Mahal, so he's all healed. He's <laughs> back. He's good. I love that you have to go all the way to India to not know that you don't get up in the middle of an awards show and slap somebody. <laughs> it wasn't until I went to the Taj Mahal where I finally understood. Um, no, then they got that other. The other kid just seemed like, uh, you know, he had some mental issues. I don't know. I don't want. But to... I mean, look. First of all, that's been happening to comedians my entire career. Okay. Yeah, everybody has at some point in your career, somebody's going to come up on stage. <laughs> well, I was going to talk about that because it felt like the Chris Rock, Will Smith thing uh, was an opportunity for a lot of comedians to chat about how, like, hey, this isn't okay because we're just trying to make people laugh. And I assume you guys have to deal with more people getting offended by your shit and saying things. And then it openly being... Oh, a- listen to those comedians who comment on this shit right after. Okay. Happened. They're trying to get friends. Okay. They're trying to act like they're affected by what the fuck happened. They're just jumping on a fucking... I mean, I shouldn't say all of it, but generally speaking, it's just like... It's like... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I obviously didn't like what was going to happen, but I was going to jump on and, and, and add fuel to the fire. You don't want to encourage other lunatics to do that, which is why I don't understand why we're still talking. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. They old <laughs> bread, and then here we are 10 minutes later. You got a cavity on this fucking bread, dude. You fucking broke a tooth on it. You had a good joke, too. Taj Mahal, the whole thing. I know you I'll hook you up. Yeah, you had the whole thing. But I thought, the same as you, I thought there was a lot of, like, grandstanding, like, hey, here's our moment to be able to come together and say we're being attacked. But then the Chappelle thing happened, and it was like, okay, so maybe they were onto something. You said every comedian has experienced somebody rushing the stage. Obviously, the Philadelphia set with you. Maybe not everybody, but, you know, everybody is, I mean... I had a woman come up on stage one time, <laughs> chase me around the stage at Dangerfields. I just picked the mic stand up, and I was like, lady, lady, you can't do this. And I was just backing around the <laughs> stage. And just like the Oscars, nobody did anything. 
all part of the bit or they just wanted to watch it all kind of burn down because that philadelphia set i mean is that the greatest comedy you've ever done in your entire life whenever you just told philadelphia to go fuck themselves for what seven minutes you yeah. had to count down or however long it was is that the the rowdiest crowd you've ever been in front of um the largest rowdy crowd but not the rowdiest no there's been others i mean yeah no there's been others where you think like yeah something bad is really gonna happen here that was just you know they were just having fun with me. That's the thing, you know. They they were just having fun. Whatever. I had fun back with them and 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 whatnot. So, uh, I don't know what to tell you, Pat. You know, <laughs> I like I don't know. I just didn't know. Don't know when stand up became like. You, you, I feel like you're going on like Meet the Press now. Like, what do you think about uh, the? <laughs> security parameters <laughs> at the local chuckle hut. It's like, I don't fuck. I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Well, but. I think there has been quite an interesting thing because, and I think the last time you were on here, we chatted about this. You and Chappelle, and I honestly believe this outside looking in, and I think you said, oh, the deep state made us do it or whatever, but it felt like there was a time where stand-up comedians weren't able to say shit there for a little bit. And I know you're going to say that's not real, but there was a lot of comedians that felt that, and there was a lot of things that happened. Then whenever you came out with uh, White Tiger, I believe, and then he had sticks and stones or whatever. <laughs> whatever. It was Paper Tiger, Paper Tiger. I think it was White Lion. <laughs> paper Tiger, Paper Tiger. It was black and white. But it feels like you two came out and were like, you guys, you guys emptied the chamber. White Tiger? <laughs> I like that better. It was a great it was unbelievable. I watched it. You did it in England. But it felt like you two came out and were still able and willing to say whatever. Do you take onus oh, on that? Shit. And do you think it is uh, still something that's happening where comedians aren't allowed to I talk about it? I just know that I'm going to name my next special White Tiger. I love that. I like how aggressive and effeminate it is all at the same time. Yeah, that's yeah. fucking amazing. It's good White balance. Tiger. Meow. I have some new jokes, honey. <laughs> Right, this, uh, you would be the white tiger if we were to pick one, by the way, an incredible one. But Paper Tiger, did you feel that or no? Is that not a real thing that just comedians were making up? And do you feel like you can go on stage and joke about anything because it is an attempt at humor, even though some people get like very angry about some of the shit nowadays? I have not changed the way I do stand up, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. I just go up and I do it. And you know what? And people appreciate like doing that. I don't understand like... I don't know. I, I, I don't even pay attention to it. I don't to the point I don't even have an opinion on it. It's it's just people what are they gonna what are they gonna talk about? Pharmaceutical companies coming up with synthetic heroin and killing hundreds of thousands of their fellow countrymen and not going to jail? Or <laughs> or are they gonna get all bent out of shape because somebody said something at a funny bump? What's gonna affect their money less? So you do That's have, all that is. So That's you, all that is. You do have an opinion on it, though. You, I mean, you just said like a couple seconds ago you don't even have an opinion about it because you can't change it, but you do have one. That was a very... Dugga, dugga, da, bum, 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 bum. We'll be right back here on TMZ. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, amazing. Are you working comedy right now, like during the weekends? Are you doing that right now? Or are you? In a, are I want to know when you're getting back together with your boy band. When are you finally going to... Looks like you've been hitting the gym. Oh, oh, oh. When are you going back out? There you go. Hey, I lost my voice. I've been smoking too many vitamins, but I still got the dance moves I can keep up with the boys if I have to. Well, it's got to be great now that you're out of football that you can do a cycle and not have to worry about... <laughs> <laughs> 
listen, I am drug tested. Okay, I am uh, not currently on a cycle, but that guy t- on the other side of the screen over there, we are firm oh, believers yeah. that he is eating trembolone sandwiches uh-huh. over there, Bill Burr. That guy every single morning. I love people that take steroids. Go on. Well, because they're they're using their body to figure it out so it's safe. I mean, you had all the way back, Lyle Alzada was like going down the street wrestling yaks when he was taking it, rest his soul. And now it's like a cream. And I figure by the time you podcast guys are done with roids, I'll be able to have an eight pack. When I'm 80, that'd be fantastic. Well, I'm happy we could do those tests for you. Did you, are you they baseball? They should be legal like weed. They should just start legalizing everything. Bill, baseball. Whenever everybody was eating steroids, those balls were flying out of parks. Best time in the history of the MLB. Do you agree? Are you a baseball fan? I think money-wise, it was a great. But I, I, I always, when uh, all people talk about is offense, I don't think you're a real a fan. Like, my problem, like, I'm enjoying the NBA, but, like, that whole little fucking half circle they put under the net where even the defensive guy has to get out of the way. You can only stand there for 2.8 seconds, then get out of the way, and then some guy's got a clear lane to go down and dunk the ball, and then he does a fucking Schwarzenegger pose down afterwards into the camera. It's like guys used to have to dunk on people. Like, that whole thing, like, you know, fucking, oh, what did I do here? William F. Seifer. I just got rid of me. No, you I swear happened. to God, anytime I touch my phone to make it do something, it won't do anything. But then I, I barely look at it. It does. Well, this no, guy's editing day, a movie you know. right now. <laughs> guys, you got a lot going on. Don't worry about it. The phone's fucking up, not you. That's all right. Um, well, I'm glad you guys wanted me to call in. I miss talking to you guys. You guys are one of my favorite podcasts out there. Well, you know, we know you're very Who busy. Who is this again? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. TMZ, dude. <laughs> it's TMZ, Bill. No. Yes. You said you like defense. AJ and a lot of the people in the NFL, that's how they feel like the game has changed away from defense. Hey, when you first started talking to women, did you have to be spinning a football or you too <laughs> thinking about your hands and you couldn't you couldn't get a number? No, I'm a bit fidgety. I'm a fidgety hey, man, person. I just, you know, I saw you standing here in the cafeteria. What's going on? <laughs> hey, how you doing? How you doing? I don't know if you know this. I play sports. Got a tank top on. That's not a good thing. Can show you around the locker room. (laughs) (laughs) You're an idiot. Bill, you still playing the drums? I know you're big into that. Yes, I am. Not as much as I would like to, and uh, just because I've been I've been busy. But yeah, I have been. And uh, the other night, uh, I did a uh, I did a a room that had incredible sound. And um, my drum teacher and I we rented some. I said, why don't we just do a drum lesson in the fucking arena? So we got two Vista like well, one Vista light and one stainless steel kit. And we just had them facing each other and just jammed for like an hour. It was, it was fucking amazing. Really was amazing. What arena? Uh, the Forum. Okay. Nice. Okay. You got a drum lesson in the Forum? Just you and your drum? I mean, fucking, hey, Bill, Jeez. look at you. Yeah. Look at this guy. Look at it. People don't understand when you do those places, you, you, you rented the place. That's your Chuck E. Cheese for the day. So you can <laughs> whatever you want. If you're going to get your money's worth, I might as well get there, you know, a couple hours early. It's not going to affect the price. So, yeah, I had a good time. Uh, the arena tour here, arena and amphitheater tour. Uh, Bill Burr's slight return coming up on Friday. Arena, is anything different? It feels like, and 
This is going to sound like, obviously, an ignoramus, but obviously wearing a tank top and play football. The arena shows different than theater shows? No. Because it feels like Rogan's, what? Rogan's doing arenas right now mm-hmm. with Chappelle. I think Segura had an arena. I think Kevin Hart has done arena in the stadium. Is there anything different to that that you have to think about for the show? Is that any, or are you just out there, hey, you're going to fucking laugh or not? Is it, There has to be full thought into that, isn't there? Well, other than imposter syndrome, before you go out there. I, sh- I do not deserve this, is what you're saying? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's definitely elements. A lot of it's mental, though. A lot of it's mental. But if you do it in the round and if you're in the middle, it's oddly, like, intimate. You know, it's not, people aren't as far away and you can actually, uh you know, did I lose you guys? For some reason, I can't see you anymore. No, oh, they just are. went full screen on you to get your beautiful head. The white tiger was talking about. <laughs> the white tiger, man. <laughs> Stand up <laughs> in an arena and it being intimate. So we just wanted that good white tiger shot there. But it's around. Um, you got in the middle? You got a round stage for this? Yeah, occasionally I'll, I'll do one like in the round. And uh, I did the forum like that. I did MSG that way. And those are... Um, you know that's the most fun way I, I think probably do it. But even if you if you if they put this the stage at one end, it's 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 still the same thing. You got to make sure, you know, you're just listening to them. You're adjusting the whole time you're up there. Um, yeah, but it's it's a different sound than than theater. I would say it's different. They're all a little bit different, but at the end of the day, you're kind of doing the same thing. That's like, you know, playing football your whole career. It was always a hundred yards. Right? Yeah. So you're still playing football. It's whether you got nervous about the size of the place you were playing in, I guess. The field doesn't change. The field doesn't change. Yeah. yeah, I understand completely that. Because some stadiums actually, as somebody that kicks balls, some stadiums in the field look smaller, some look bigger. Same exact yardage, though. Get it out of your head. Don't be so fucking soft. You know, a lot of that happens. What, fav- what was your favorite place to kick? Um... I enjoyed Houston a lot because the fans were absurd. I mean, they were just so loud and insane. I enjoyed that a lot. I enjoyed that place a lot. No, but was but- there one where you just you just felt comfortable, and you it, what like which one did you do the best in? Oh, I have no fucking idea. We should go get Chris Collinsworth on Pro Football Focus. He'll be able to tell us all that information. <laughs> I have no idea. I was just trying to get out of the game without being blamed for the loss, Bill. You know what I mean? Like, hey, here we go. Oh, Let's have right. a good time. Let's just keep it moving here. But there's some stadiums that feel better. I would assume, like, for you, as you go around and do this whole thing, is there some crowds that are different than other crowds? Have you have? Is everybody loud? And has that changed the way you are if there's a more docile crowd out there? Did you ever miss a field goal to lose a game? Yes, oh yes, oh yes. Yeah, what is that like walking in? Nobody gives a shit about what it's like to do stand-up in an arena. What is it like to uh, fucking this. walk into that locker room? Not this again. Well, I'll tell you what. There was uh, my junior year of college, Bill, all right? Maybe this can be on White Tiger. You can talk. I, I, I know how painful <laughs> this story is because now you're leaning and, like, <laughs> hands on the desk. Well, I got 27 death threats after this game, Bill. It was a bad day. It was a bad time. Oh, Jesus. But going into the locker room, though. Half of them were real. No, it was all on Facebook. It was all real. Not like Twitter, 20% fucking fake. (laughs) (laughs) We're learning that right now while Elon's doing his thing with uh, uh, Twitter. But no, yeah, it was terrible. But the teammates, the losing of the game is obviously incredibly difficult. But if you're the reason for the loss, man, you feel terrible in there. I've never felt smaller. I mean, I actually am smaller than everybody in there, but... You feel like a little punk bitch, Bill. But you, you've never. Do they say anything to you, or they just let you sit in silence with what you just did to them? 
So that's interesting because I mean I did do it to them. I guess that is a good way to look at it. They never framed it that way, which is cool. You know, good friends. Some people wouldn't talk. I mean, to they me. did work all week. <laughs> I did they too. Gave some you would the say, <laughs> <laughs> "Well, some would say I did as well, but 100 percent less work than everybody else." I agree completely. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but it's a real thing though. Like um, some people wouldn't talk. Other people would come give me fake. You know, like yeah, it's all right, not 100 percent your fault. It's like well. Kind of is, actually. I mean, if we're looking back on it, it is. So it's that team feel. Do you have that? Now, we can transition this into stand-up comedy. Do you have good shows, bad shows? Do you have a team around you that, like, talk about it? Do you ever recap shows, watch them back, listen to them back, do any film study or anything like that? Uh, I probably should, but I, I, I don't. No, it's I, worked uh, out I, thus far. Don't do it. It's worked out yeah. great. No, I used to do it. I kind of just shake it off. If it went bad, I just... Uh, I Recently, where the hell did I go? And I just, uh, yeah, it just didn't go well at all. I don't know. I'm so fucking busy, I can't remember. It wasn't a road gig. It was, uh, I popped in on a show, and, um, yeah, it just, it just wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't what. What, you get booed it out? why you do stand-up. Did you get booed out, or was it quiet? Was it uncomfortable? What was it? What was it was I was exhausted, and I wasn't in a good mood. Oh. And then I went up there. And they were young and full of life. And I just came in as this curmudgeon. And I was trying out new shit. It's just, you know, it was just, <laughs> it was all there. It was the perfect storm. And it was just kind of like one of those things where you're just like, oh, you know, whatever. And then just kind of afterwards, like, what was with that guy? Everybody was like having fun. And then he showed up. It was one of those deals. I forget why. I popped in somewhere. I can't remember. Isn't, but Bill, isn't that like the, the ingredients you need sometimes for some of your most special sets and some things that go amazing, I guess, for people that are fans of you, though? Um, like, I would imagine a pissed no, off Bill Burr. No, you, you want it to work. <laughs> it's like asking, isn't it great to miss a field goal? All right. Have Get it, back to the comedy. The upright. All right. Yep. Doesn't that help your other field goals? White go Tiger! Up? Back yeah. to the stage, please. <laughs> Jesus. Please. Miserable Bill is awesome, though. You know, for us. Hey, what is... Um, do you have a reoccurring uh, field goal kicker nightmare to no. this day, or have you been able to let it all go? No, it's that one. It's that what we just talked about. That's literally still think about it. Would love West Virginia to win a national championship at some point in the very near future. We need to fucking continue to trust the climb, but we need to win so I can get that off my fucking heart too. You know what I mean? Like that'd be that'd be great, Bill, if that was the case. Yeah, still think about it to this day. Do you ever think of starting a support group with other retired field goal kickers? Funny you say you that. You guys can sit around and just talk about it. Funny you say that. Anytime a college kid misses, like uh, on a primetime game or something, and they get buried on the internet. These are 18, 19-year-old kids. I'll send them a DM. I'll say, hey, life stinks right now. Okay, it's going to suck. You're going to think about this long, long time. But this is going to harden you. You know, this is going to callous you. Oh, yeah. This is going to make you into somebody that's going to go on to do special things, Bill. You know, I get them. <laughs> by the end of the message, Bill, I get them going. That's what I try to do. I try you my turn best. into the white tiger. <laughs> uh, uh, Bill, good luck with everything. Well, you know what? You've got a good heart that you do that. That's good. Well, I just know how miserable it is. You know what I mean? I, do you mentor a lot of the stand-up comedians? Do they ask you questions or no? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, if, if uh, I'm around younger comedians, I always, if I see somebody funny, I always take, make sure I take the time to say that I, I thought that they were funny because guys did that for me. And I remember, you know, I, like I, you, you give somebody like juice, battery powered juice doing that. 
for like six months. I remember Dave Chappelle, which is hilarious because I'm older than him, but he was always like showbiz older than me. I remember him a long time ago saying something complimentary when I had nothing going on. And I lived off of that for fucking four years. <laughs> I would have, be having bad shows, and I would think, Dave Chappelle said I'm funny. Dave Chappelle thinks I'm funny. <laughs> Fuck these people. <laughs> uh, well, so, yeah, I definitely try to do that. And I think that that's an important part in any business of getting older is you don't resent younger people. You welcome them in, and you try to help them out, and you don't view them as your replacement or, or, or the worst, try and compete with them um, by, you know, still wearing tank tops and gold chains and this shit on guy. your podcast. This you know, oh, yes, yes, God, Bill, we're so close. I was about to say you got a good heart and then bang, right at the end. Look at that. Had to well, do maybe, it. Uh, maybe I'm not as uh, not as involved as you. And I felt I was getting too tender. Maybe I got scared. Oh, this is a you thing. Maybe you the think. white tiger got a little scared of <laughs> No! Hey, the white tiger's not scared of anything, man. The white tiger's not scared of nothing. From now on, when I do your show, I want to be known as, we're bringing on the white tiger. <laughs> That's fucked up. Paper Tiger was great, by the way. It, it was. was. It was it one was. of the greatest specials of all time. That's 100% on me. Hey, I loved you when you played for the Colts. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's very I nice. I pronounced it wrong. It oh. was a joke about how you loved my special. You couldn't remember the fucking name of it. Well... I didn't hear the Oh my god, am I bombing again? Yeah! <laughs> this is not you. This is not you. This is us. All right. Now you might be tired. I turned into the off-white kitten. <laughs> uh, the boys have some questions for you if that's all right, Bill. No, I only talk to the star of the show. Sorry, fellas. <laughs> all right. Fair well, enough. good yeah. luck with yeah. the rest of the editing of the movie. <laughs> uh, Thank the you. I appreciate that. Tickets go on sale Friday, right? Billbird.com forward yes, slash tour. Do. I don't have it in my heart to be that mean. Let's hear it from the boys. Oh, hey! Hey! You got a good heart. You got a good heart. Look at this guy. Go ahead, Ty. Bill, I know you mentioned everything kind of being the same, but like when you go play Fenway. Did you introduce we'll... yourself first? Is this how you enter into a conversation? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Well, he said my name. Are you fucking listening or not? <laughs> Jeez. I mean, oh, did he? No, I didn't. Yeah, I was yeah. like, Tiger was sleeping. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, but we'll like play in Fenway. Will that feel any different? I mean, with like your, you know, connection to it and then obviously being the first comedian, like, is that any different than any of your other shows? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be in the. I will try to take a moment or two to enjoy it, but I'm going to have to basically block it out while it's happening so I can uh, give them a good show. But afterwards, when everybody leaves and I'm sitting on that stage smoking a cigar, that's when I'm going to take it in. Absolutely. How about a drum lesson up there, maybe? Huh? How about maybe a drum lesson? It's not going to sound as good as the form because you're outside. Yeah, but you're playing drums at the Fenway, you know? Maybe a little... Maybe they'll pick up baseball. Game. Yeah. Oh. You playing baseball Ooh. out there? Maybe uh, with the boys, take BP out there? Can you, you suggest another activity and act it out slightly again? <laughs> well, in my you head, did I'm the running. drumming. You did, you did the pitching cornhole. thing. Cornhole. You playing cornhole? You playing a little cornhole? Yeah. Playing a little cornhole out there? <laughs> That's how my brain operates, you know? Like, I'm in my head. I'm like, oh. no, I was thinking I was, was going to throw a javelin. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> okay. This is like get across, you know? At Fenway, yeah. Maybe Twitter bio. Once through javelin at Fenway Park. Will you change each set for the city? Like, will you do Boston stuff in Fenway to lead off? Like, how much time do you have for that? Like, in every city do you do that? Or is it mostly, hey, they're paying for me to give them my best shit? No, I, I obviously do my best shit. But I kind of go out not really knowing what I'm going to say in the beginning. I like to kind of go out. My head's blank and just kind of go out and start screwing around. And... Um, yeah, and then it kind of gets me going, and then I, then I, at some point, drop into 
doing my act. You know, I think most comedians, you almost try to avoid your act for as long as you can because you're just having fun um, riffing. And then you kind of use your act as like, all right, that riff ended. Now I need to go with something that I know works. You go to that. Somebody yells something out, makes you say something else. And then you're, you're once again, you know, free doing whatever you want to do. And then you go back to your act, you know? Yeah, kind of a game you're playing with the crowd almost. Anybody that, uh, when people yell out, you hate that or love that? You have to hate um, it, right? I love that it's a part of comedy. I love, and I, I find, I think it's, it's one of the things that makes stand-up amazing is the interaction. I like that. I like the live experience. I like the people like, you know, yell out. I say a lot of stupid things. I say a lot of things almost deliberately to annoy people. Like, and at some point people can't, you know, hold it in anymore and they have to yell out. And uh, I have fun with that, especially now because I used to do that young comic thing. What'd you say? Uh, go fuck yourself. I used to do that. <laughs> But now it's more fun to like listen to them and just be like, oh, you know, I never really looked at it that way. And then you start interviewing them about their life and stuff. And it becomes like, you know, something uh, it doesn't it doesn't always have to be hostile. Look at you, Bill. Huh? Yeah. Caring, empathetic, learning. Oh, God, that is that there wasn't one ounce of sincerity in any of what you just did. No, the what? white tiger! What? That's kind of his thing, though. No, AJ, that is not my You're like, thing. look at you! <laughs> wow! Really and doing it? The way you were clapping, that clap right there is a, is a go, that is a fuck, that's not an ounce of sincerity, the way you're holding your hand. Yeah, Bill, we don't know each other that well, but it feels like you're learning me pretty quick. It feels like you're learning yeah, me, that yeah. that is just, that is ball breaking. <laughs> no, no, no. Sincerity. Honestly, though, that is a big deal because I've seen other comedians handle it much you differently. You realize you just started that when you said sincerity and then you said honestly. Both the like, same. Like, how many more subliminal hints are you going to try to give me that you're not bullshitting me? Well, I'm trying to give myself it, Sincerity. Too. Yeah, honesty. Trying, yeah, but integrity. I'm, I'm giving myself that, too. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Bill. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Don't send yourself out of here. Uh, Connor, go ahead. Yeah, Bill. Connor. Connor. Austin, yeah. Connor. 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 How are you? Connor. Connor. How are you? Perfect. Mollet. Mollet. Uh, also a Boston sports oh, fan. Yeah, Sorry, my eyes are going. Yeah, don't worry. Uh, what do you think about the Celtics tonight? Are you watching at all? Do you give a shit at all? Or what do we think? Uh, yeah, I give a shit. I, uh, what do I think? I think, you know, uh, I think I haven't watched enough basketball to go on a sports podcast and give it an intelligent opinion. But um, I will say, I'll say I will say this. Find this clip. Game seven, right at the end of the game, when they, they, they sat the Greek freak, who, by the way, if you watch seven games watching that guy, I mean, he's one of the most incredible athletes I've ever seen. So the Boston crowd is giving him a respectful, you know, ovation when he goes to the scene. And there's one guy in the crowd, the most unathletic human being you could possibly see. And he was just going like he was just, he was going like this. Yeah. And it was just one of those things where it's just like in a. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, no. Oh, no. White Tiger. Oh, no. No. Oh, no. That's one of my favorite take. things that ever happened. Oh, you're back. Hey, you froze up in the middle I'm of that. Back. You gave a great sports take, though. You, uh, sports podcast, great sports take right there. Hey, look at you. Hey. hey. Look at this guy. Oh, wow. Sports podcaster. Look at this. Look at you, Bill. Is that all right? 
Yeah, it was incredible. You judged uh, the game. You you said Giannis, incredibly impressive to watch, which we all agree on. Mm-hmm. The oh, wa- his first step is as fast as any point guard out there, it seems. He just, guy was fucking unstoppable. What about football? Uh, you keep up with football at all? Mac Jones, you think he's going to be a guy? Remember you sang us a little Christmas uh, song about the Colts fans going to cry or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, well, I mean, you know, this is, uh, you know, it's a copycat league there, Pat. <laughs> you know, it's a, uh, it's a now time. I mean, they, they got to give these kids a chance to grow. So, I mean, he, he's been one year in the NFL, and I thought for a rookie season he did great. So, you know, I mean, Josh Allen I don't think was lighting the league on fire his first year, and now look at the guy. He's very I good. love that guy. Yeah, he's very good. Who's your favorite player in the NFL, Josh? Well, you were until you retired. All right, that's <laughs> fucking bullshit. There is no sincerity in that comment right there. I'm sick of it, White Tiger. You hear me? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, all right, get back to work. We appreciate my, my favorite. Uh, my favorite player in the NFL right now. I don't know. Um, uh, you know, I, as far there's just certain people that I like watching play. I like. Uh, the offseason, so I'm going to forget everybody's name. Uh, who, who's, who's the guy, the quarterback of the Chargers? Josh. Uh, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Josh. Justin Herbert. I like him. Um, and then there's just teams that I like. Like, I'd like to see the Browns do something. I like that they. I like Baker Mayfield. I think the guy's a friggin' winner. Oh. And it's like he, he led the Browns to a playoff, and they got a victory. And, yeah. and there's still people trashing the guy. It's like, to do that in Cleveland. Cleveland is where, like, quarterbacks went to die. One of the worst things to be over the last 30 years was a number one draft pick quarterback because you were going to Cleveland. Bill, Bill, I don't want to break any bad news to you, but Baker Mayfield's time is over in Cleveland. Yeah. (laughs) He's out of there. Oh, do they trade him? No, they're – well – it's a whole scene. I would really like you to actually invest in it and maybe get your thoughts on it. He asked to be traded. They say, nah, we don't care. We're not trading you. They then go sign Deshaun Watson to $230 million guaranteed. Quarterback from the Texans that obviously has a lot going on off the field that is very serious. And there's another trial, I think, happening here in like a month or so. Baker's still on team. Deshaun Watson's starter, but we don't know if he's going to get suspended in the amount of games or not. Baker still wants to be traded. They don't know what's going on. So I don't want to be the one that breaks bad news, but that whole scene is really something in Cleveland. But to your point. Now you tell me, tell me with all of that. If you had to guess one franchise in the league that that would be going down. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing shocking about that story. Exactly. Exactly. Same old Browns, but they might win. And that's why you're an incredible sports podcaster, Bill. Look at how you tied that thing together. Mm, wow. That's why every time you come on here, we get excited, elated, happy you could take a break from editing. Can't wait to see your tour. Can't wait to see your new special on June 6th. And thank you and come back. Hey, come back anytime, Bill. Yeah. Hey, Bill, come back anytime. Oh, that fucking passive-aggressive clap i'm gonna i'm gonna be thinking about that tonight when i'm sleeping <laughs> he didn't enjoy me he no. crashed the white tiger the second i hung up <laughs> all right guys thanks hey. so much man i'll hey. see you we appreciate you good luck with the tour good luck with the special ladies and oh, wait a second wait a second i get i gotta give you one here Hey, Bill, thanks for coming on, Bill. Ladies and gentlemen, Bill Burke. Hey, always, yeah. always a pleasure. No, the pleasure's all always ours. Always a pleasure. No, it's ours. You're such an open spirit. You're honest, <laughs> integrity. Thank you. In all sincerity. You too, honestly, sincerely. Like, that's the no, same No, 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 but you. Genuinely, I feel that way about you, though. You're brave. You're a hero. <laughs> Courageous. You're a warrior. Just like you. It's awesome. 
you know, I realized I'm not going to win this. <laughs> more full of shit than I am. All right, I'll see you. Bill Burr. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, because I'm looking at the Colts as well, AJ. I'm looking at the Colts, and I'm like, how have we not, like, how are we not in the Jarvis Landry sweepstakes when he's only $3 million? With $3 million in incentives, we have no veteran wide receiver on the roster currently. We've had issues in the past with not enough weapons. I'd assume this is exactly how Packers fans feel as well. Late in the season, injuries are going to happen. If they happen in skill positions, you can be completely devastated by a team that can stop your run, and you don't have anybody that can get open or anything like that. I mean, it's just... That's a real thing that happens when football matters at the end of the season. And if you look at the teams that have won the Super Bowl, they have had a plethora and added more weapons uh, throughout the season if they could because they know you got to be deep in a couple different positions. But the overwhelming consensus, it sounds like, from the teams that are operating in that fashion is wide receivers have been better at a younger age than ever before. How do we know if we don't have the next Devontae or the next C.D. Lamb or the next whoever is going to be a young stud? I think that is how they're really viewing it. And I think they can save money by doing so. And then it's just kind of, I guess you're hoping that you get a proven player as opposed to just getting a proven player. And I guess we just kind of got to ride the wave of them making that decision. Yeah, you have to hope that they're, uh, you know, this kid that you pick up, their potential, you know, they... They probably draft him because they know, hey, this guy's ceiling is super high. We hope we can develop him into a superstar. But then once he becomes that superstar, See, then that team has to make the decision. Do we pay no, this dude no, gigantic? Listen, What's that? They're not because they, it just came together in my head. Because if you get a superstar wide receiver, that means the wide, uh, quarterback's really fucking good. They're going to pay the quarterback every single time. So then that wide receiver's going to have to go elsewhere. You could pay them both, though. They, could have, they tried to pay Devontae and Aaron. Yeah, they said they would have been able to, right? That's mm -hmm. what they said yeah. they would have been able to. But all reports from all these contract gurus and people in former of management positions are like, not going to be able to pay both quarterback and a wide receiver. Not going to be able to do it on the same offense. That's why you're seeing rookie quarterback contracts picking up the high-end wide receiver market or whatever. But Carr's paid. Yeah. yeah he, Devontae's paid. Yeah. Carr said he tried to basically rework his contract though so it would work but like Mahomes and Tyreek Hill they couldn't get that done but they got Kelsey they're paying him yeah. right? mm -hmm. I guess you can't really have like the number one highest paid quarterback and the number one highest paid receiver at the same time that probably makes it a little more difficult but to become the number one wide receiver you're gonna have to have a stud quarterback so yeah. it's almost like always if it works out as well as you hope it is not going to be there long term yeah because yeah. Yeah, you know that's crazy yeah. to think about but like if if you hit on this guy and he is the next wide receiver around the NFL, and you're not paying him as much, your quarterback's going to reap the benefit of it as well. You're going to pay the quarterback. You're not going to pay. That's a, that's a very interesting thing that literally hit me as you were speaking there. So I apologize for interrupting, which happens all the time. I apologize. It's kind of how I operate. And that's with sincerity and genuineness. Mm -hmm. But actually, that is going to be the trend. That's what's going to happen. So who then pay? Like, okay, the teams that sign these big-time guys, they either have a, a quarterback on a rookie contract or they have a guy that's like middle of the road payment wise. Yes, and willing to take less is what mm -hmm. it sounds like. So that's, we just figured out the NFL. Yeah, yeah, must Happy we could do that. No big deal. The Packers thing was like they offered a different amount of guaranteed money. Yeah, right? years. I think the first two years or three years yeah. as yeah. opposed to a five year or whatever. I guess the the only one now, aside from Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, is Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs because Stefan Diggs just mm. got that massive extension. Yeah, so Bean was able to make it work and they got mm -hmm. money all over that roster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So everybody else is just bullshit. Yeah. Well, and isn't part. What the fuck? Why is everybody bullshit? Why is Bean able to do it and everybody else isn't able to do 
I don't understand how that happens. Different set of rules, different situations. What's going on? Well, it isn't part of that because Josh Allen got a big deal, but he didn't get like his next deal is going to be what some of the quarterbacks that have, you know, if he, if he, for whatever reason, would have signed like this past offseason, like he's getting, you know, six years, $70 million more. What than did he, he sign? Right what did he sign? It was like for? 140, wasn't it? Six years. I think he got like <clears> one. He was right below Aaron, I believe, in guarantee. They all, I could be wrong, though, but those are the only two on the offense who are really. Paid? Yeah. Getting paid. Yeah, because they just drafted a running back. They let go a couple of linemen, then signed a couple of linemen to like one-year deals. Beasley's yeah. gone. Gabriel you probably can't have a big-time left tackle on your team, but you're paying however many million a year either at the same time. Yeah, but you're going to try to keep a left tackle with a quarterback if that – Yeah, but you can't – like I, you're not going to have a dude that's top three in pay for tackles in the league. Packers, yeah. Do. The trends are going to be – in. yeah, Bakhtiari got paid. You're yeah. right. Well, there's an article written. Hey, how's he feel? He comes back. Everybody can do it. What are we doing, though? We, everyone can work it out. Like, you can exactly. figure anything out, I guess. What exactly. I'm not happy about it at all. I'm not happy about it. You got to kick the can down the road. You got to pay someday. Well, we haven't seen anyone have to pay yet. The Saints had to pay, remember? Now they got Jarvis Landry, Tyron Matthew, <laughs> mm-hmm. fucking James Winston. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Maybe Drew Brees back. Whoa. No. His friend that he coaches uh, alongside T Ball said, hey, and brought up football one time <laughs> nope. to me. He did talk about CrossFit and pushing sleds. Wait, who's the friend? The source. Yeah. yeah. The source, Peter King. Close oh. friend. First base coach. Peter King coaches with him? No, Peter King had a source that is a friend of Drew Brees. He quoted and said, he never mentioned football once to me, so I went on a full thought. Uh, yeah, one friend of Brees told me Sunday he hasn't mentioned playing to him in this offseason once. In his left shoulder surgery on May 2nd, age 43, after not playing football for 16 months, Seems to make a return to football problematic at best. Another person who knows Breeze, okay, this guy, mowed his lawn, told me <laughs> Sunday night, he's not playing football. Wow. No way. So now you automatically have to go like, well, who's the fucking friend that feels like he is the authority on Drew Breeze? You know, how connected is that friend? Is he a baseball coach with him? How much does he hang out with him in the offseason? Do they, you know, work out together? Do they get some... You know, protein shakes together. Pickleball. Do they play pickleball together? How close is the friend that says, well, he hasn't mentioned it once to me. This guy's acting like him and Drew talk every single day. And I'm sure Drew's pumped that that guy that he talks to every single day is like, hey, Pete. Fucking doesn't tell me anything else you need to know. Like that's that's why this show stinks, though, because that (laughs) we heard this quote and that's exactly how we covered it, AJ. You know, well, how are why are Drew Brees, friends speaking with Peter King? And not a bad thing, but how does that connection even get made? That's. Yes. Exactly my question. (laughs) And if if we're just going to go anonymous, you know, a guy that knows, I mean, that security guard across the street that works at that building, Mm -hmm. he knows me. Yeah. I talk to him every single day. Yeah. I go, hey, how you doing? Hope life is good. You know, we go to, like, we, I've had new, what if that person was asked what our plans are? He just gives the story. He has no idea. What is that even, you know what I mean? Like, what is, I'm sick of the anonymous shit about stuff that isn't serious. Like, I understand there's a world where anonymity Mm -hmm. to sources needs to happen for the safety of people and to get things right and everything like that I do. But in sports, the anonymity shit is rampant. And it's it's at everything. It's hard not to be like, well, who the fuck could that be? Who is that? And in Drew Brees, I wonder if he did the same thing. Like, this son of a bitch is talking to to Peter King about my PTA meeting, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Possible. Someone who works at Smoothie King. Yeah, or... Jimmy Johns, yeah, one of his franchises. Guy. Yeah. Guinness World Record, I think he has a couple of those. He probably knows a couple of adjudicators. Sure. Yeah. yeah. What if it's his son? <laughs> what if his kid? Maybe, yeah. Sourcing to Peter King already. So, hey, hey yeah. give me a little, give me a little on the slot when I turn 18. I'll 
Keep fucking everything Drew's got going on. He didn't talk to me once about playing football. Always yeah. talking about baseball and jumping on a trampoline in the backyard. Bingo. <laughs> so I don't know what you're thinking. He does have a sweet backyard. Sweet backyard. Every time he posts about it, I'm like, God damn, that's a nice setup, whatever he's got going. I don't know why you'd want to leave that. But now he wants to call games. I guess he wants to be gone for four days a week. Get me out of here. That's true. Hey, that, that schedule of doing games, Collinsworth was talking about it. It is not the games are a lot of travel, a lot of lot of on the road time during a football season. Yeah, the fact that when they have to get there like two days before the game, they call and all that is different. But also at the same time, like these guys get giant money to do. Yeah, you are prepping all week, but yeah, it's still a great gig. Yeah, Sundays are free, right? That's what they say. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the Those old cool cliches. Yeah, Sundays are free. They pay me for work week. They Sundays pay me Monday are, through Saturday. Yeah, Sundays are free. General Bob Carpenter said that at least once, right? Sure. No, normally it was like, uh, I don't know, so D-line coach somewhere like says it like he is Nostradamus, like the greatest <laughs> of all time. Like, oh, thanks. Some young D-lineman like, is so impressed. Thanks, Coach Shinzu. Okay. That was fucking right, unbelievable. Pete. I can't believe that guy passed away. That was devastating. Hold on. Still too, still too current, though. Don't, don't talk about too much. To, to me, learning about it, you're 100% right, dude. You're 100% right. I just fucking learned of it. I mean, what do you want? That was a tough day. A lot of people live and die, by the yeah, way. That's right. Old buddy operates. Just died 2000, before, 2,000 years before Jesus Christ popped out in that uh, farm. Yeah. Exactly. Still moves the needle. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Gone too soon. <laughs> Still moves the needle. What a fucking... There was a lot of dust that just popped off. Of <laughs> you know, we kind of mailed it in on the place since uh, Thunderdome's around the corner. Oh. That's probably smoke, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Smoke oh, yeah. oh, relation trapped in there. Yeah, probably from the other day. Let's just open to a page and let's get better today. Yes. Love this day. His name's Sun Tzu, by the way, not Shin Tzu. <laughs> yeah, but Shin, I think, is in the family it still. It is, yeah. Hey, Cousin. Geez. Sun Tzu said, The control of a large force is the same principle as the control of a few men. It is merely a question of dividing up their numbers. Thank you, Sun Tzu. Holy shit. Thank you. You got to do one little reading every day now. I will. That's what the Daily Stoics for, hey, too. How you did that, though, your tone and your delivery is exactly what Bill Burr was talking about. What? Like, it was so just problematic, your tone and every, your delivery. He's the best. Oh, we love this. Oh, they're the best. Like, everybody's the best. No, no, no. <laughs> Sun Tzu fucking deserves sincerity. Yeah. yeah. I don't want you to get emotional. I know you learned of his death. Well, I, that was a rough day. You fucking seen it. We've seen it live. We've seen a lot of this yeah. live, by the way. Yeah. The a lot of my Lord. life has been live, by the way. I, I'm realizing that as I'm kind of going back through stuff. I'm like, God damn, what I look like on this day after this happened. It's like, well, well 275 clearly. And <laughs> seem to be pretty happy. All right, let's do that. Like, it's a doc. My life is almost documented at this point, as are all of ours. But then, now that WWE SmackDown's happening. Yeah. On Friday, that's two hours a night, and then maybe the pay-per-view, it's two hours on Sunday, and then the Instagram stories mm-hmm. on the weekend. It's like, okay, so I'm just kind of, my entire life is tracked. That's great. And I'm, by the way, I think I'm super genuine a lot. Yeah. yeah. Super genuine. Every day. Not every day. There's some days where I'm not as genuine, but I want to be nice to people because they're probably good people. I just think they're garbage, but I mean, you got to do what you got to do, AJ. What does that mean? No, just when we're talking about stuff that's happening, you know, like there's enough... People are enough negative. There's enough negative shit being said about people all over the place. Like, I don't yeah. need to feed into that. 
You know what I mean? So I don't want to continue to add that. I think it's pretty negative. But some some conversations are more difficult for me than others to be like positive about said person in the story, if that makes sense. Oh, I get it. I understand. Yeah, you you don't have to spread negativity or anything, but you also have to be authentic and real. Yeah, yeah well, I choose to be the authentic and real uh, positive on most situations. But there's yeah. some shit where it's like, all right, we're moving through this subject quick because this person stinks. Yeah. Can you give me an example? No. I mean... What? That Drew Brees one. It's an anonymous source. It's about fucking nothing, but it's still... Yeah, we kind of uh, just buried Peter King there, I guess. But well, Peter King is... the offseason. But Peter King off has sources. Yeah. I genuinely appreciate Peter King's brain and knowledge and sources because he's able to get shit that none of us... Nobody else is. You know what I mean? Like, I actually had a meeting with Matt Rule. I was supposed to get, like, lunch with uh, Matt Rule whenever they were in town for joint practices. It got canceled because Matt Rule had to go meet with Peter King. So, like, he, like, is a, he he's knows everybody. Like, yeah. he is. Big swing. Been around testes. forever. Yeah, powerful guy. Powerful guy. So, whenever he's speaking, I'm interested in it. But in this particular case, like, I mean, that was a fucking nothing. Yeah. This so, was an absolute nothing. Or it was something very, 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 very. Well, and to what we were just talking about, he did say he was talking to, like, either a GM or an assistant GM about how, like, wide receivers are probably going to turn into, like, running backs where instead of paying them, you just draft another guy and just let someone else do that. How many words is that football morning in America? Oh, 2,000 plus. Yeah, didn't you need to submit one, like, <laughs> five or six weeks in advance yeah. and it had to be a full 4,000 words? Do you remember that, AJ? Oh, yeah. I was, like, kind of excited to showcase my brain, you know, to, like, kind of excited to piece together. Because uh, I write a lot. Like, I write a lot in my notes section. So I don't do a lot of, like, uh, like I can't. I don't know how to. Uh, laptop. I'm terrible on a laptop. You know, not as bad as uh, these. Oh, no. Yeah. Absolutely. But I do a lot of writing. So I was excited to kind of show my penmanship almost in this thing as I was asked to be a guest writer for Football Morning in America. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So he's like, what do you want to talk? It was like three months away or something like that. Four months away. What do you want? What are you going to talk about? I'm like, ah, probably the ever evolving sports media. Maybe I have no idea. Four months from now, I have no clue. Okay. Sounds good. Appreciate it. It, was, it went well, it went well, went well. And then like 90 days beforehand or like 45, I forget how many, 45 days beforehand, maybe. Yeah. Can you submit that to the editors? Like, uh, you know, next week or whatever. And then we're going to go through it and then we'll do this whole thing. I'm like, there's no chance. Like yeah. <laughs> there's no chance I'm going to be able to do that. It's supposed to be 45 days from now. I am so sorry. He's like, I'm going to have to pick somebody else then. It's like, all right, well, yep, see you later. Go ahead. That's okay. I mean, it would have been cool to be able to do that. But, you know, it's just, you know, he's Peter fucking King for a reason. Mm-hmm. Anybody else, I'm like, as soon as you ask that question, like, hey, you don't fucking have a clue what you're doing. But Peter King <laughs> yeah, does. sold like three blocks. The guy is mm-hmm. legend in the NFL game. So it's just like, yeah, it's fucking Peter King. He knows everybody and does everything. And I believe it ended up being Dr. Myron Roll. Yeah, which, yeah. Much better served. So like it, it ended up working out for everybody much better. I think he has a book right now. He does. Yeah, I've seen him. Uh, was he, on, a he, was on, uh, he was on Pivot. Uh, he's been making his rounds a little bit. I've been seeing him like pop up on Twitter in interviews. I saw Kyrie was on I Am Athlete with uh, Shady and Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's going to be a good listen. Very yeah. good. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'll check that out. I haven't got a chance to see it. I just saw a clip. That should yeah, be very, sweet. very good. Kyrie him co- talking about his time in Cleveland with LeBron was very cool. Yeah, reminiscing, right? Yeah. A lot of I wish I would have type stuff now yeah. that he's matured and evolved. Absolutely. That what- one clip made me like him a little bit more. It was a good clip. What's your problem? What's that? You don't like Kyrie? Yeah, he hates his guts or what? I didn't say it. What's this guy's problem? Sounds yeah, like it. Why are you guys so negative? Why do you hate him? Why did you hate him? It's the way you said it. It's the way you said it. It's the way you said it. Yeah, that's so interesting. No, it's not the flat earth. We are supposed to be positive. That's why what you said was unbelievable. Why can't you? This guy hates Kyrie. Why are you hiding from us? I watched that clip. I liked him a 
Maybe like anymore. it a little bit. Don't spin my words. Well, I'm just telling you. Maybe you like it more. You're gonna have to listen back. Yeah, me too, though. By the way, yeah. I did. did maybe words have meaning, Fox. Oh, you yeah. You'll learn. Did you hate him? No, it made me like him even Foxy, more. Fox, why are you oh, so okay. defensive? I do just... dislike uh, his uh, flat Earth. If well, I think he's backed off. I think he's backed off. That if we're throwing things out there, I think he's backed off. People a lot of opinions. Yeah. Well, that was that. Not that one. I don't think you're allowed to have. Like that's. That's one that people are like, meh, well. Didn't that one guy, I thought the one guy proved it when he shot himself up in the rocket to try to see the earth. He tragically Oh, Matt Mike. Oh, no. So unfortunately. How, what did he report back? Well, he didn't because he uh, went up let's, and uh, went let's have a of silence. Was straight down. He was going up of him saying, it's always there. All right, let's have a moment of silence for Matt Mike. Yeah, talking about the ground when his that was tough to watch, craft man. exploded into it and he died on impact. My body turned into soup. Yeah. There's no reason to say that about Mad Mike. Button. Well, well he, it didn't matter, I don't think, for how yeah. quick the flight was. I think he had one, but it just didn't work. I think it was made out of soup cans. It was a bad rocket. Button. He should have never got in that. Do like, flat earthers believe in space? Yes. Mm. Okay, I don't know. Great question. Yeah, it's Because are we just floating through space as flat earth with the atmosphere around? Is that what they think? Yeah, it's like mm. a frisbee. Huh. Mm. That's sick. How come nobody's just walking from one end to the other to raise money? For fucking something. Yeah. Why is Mike Posner not going from left Earth <laughs> to right Earth, straight across, one flat thing, and not raising money? Right he got now? bit by that rattlesnake. Bro, P- Posner is an electrifying follow on Instagram. Man, Ooh. he's writing a book now. Damn right he is. I yeah. can't. Did that confirm? Is he going to write it? A couple years. Sure. No, I, I think thought, he is. I thought he was. Yeah. Five Mike Posner coming. is an awesome listen to right now. Yeah. What all he, he, I mean, I know him like as a, mu- a musician, right? What all is he doing? I mean, like, motivating. He you name he's a lot. Yeah, he's, he's, he's incredibly kind of, deep thinker. He's a kind lot. of evolved. You know, he's changed. He had a lot of success. Crashed, came back, had like you know realized. He crashed really? Well, he disappeared. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's the music game. You got a hit, and then you hopefully you come have more hits. But he said I made a million dollars and I spent it on girls and yeah, shoes. That's right. That's why he crashed. Yeah. I think he did crash. I think in his own lyrics he said like, "Hey, I." And then he met Avicii, you know? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. he started putting real life into it. And he stopped drinking Hennessy. Yeah, he took he a pill there. Fans thought it was cool. Yeah. And then bangers came. Yeah. Boom! 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 Bosner had like six, seven bangers real quick. Boom, 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 boom. It was like he's all the way back. And then he became an electrifying Instagram follower. He's yeah. walking across America and then got bit by a rattlesnake. <laughs> You hear me, AJ? I was, I was legit. Like, he almost died, didn't he? Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Rattlesnakes are real. Rattles things are very real, and that's genuine, just like his show. We'll Thank be you. back tomorrow. We're out of here. Big guest tomorrow, AJ. Huge. Alien talk. Yeah. Uh, what time? Big G. 115 EST, I do believe, is what was confirmed with the comms department, Ty. Yes, that is correct, 115. 115 EST, we'll get all the answers, okay? That we couldn't understand today, maybe? No, yeah. not at all. Could not understand yeah. what they were saying. So much mumbo-jumbo yeah. out of their mouths. Why are you speaking in legal ease? Yeah, different language. I guess they kind of have to because they're on oath, under oath, so. Well, they also just kept saying officially. Well, how come the two people that are in charge of investigating know less than me? Oh, they know. Yeah. They just don't. That's that's yeah. what I mean. They kept saying, well, officially, we didn't actually see that. I just feel Classified. like everything happened. Then what are they even doing it for? Yeah, good question. Exactly. What's this song and dance? Yeah. Exactly. It's all show. Yeah, just for just us. They're just kissing all babies, shaking hands. Bullshit. We're all puppets. And we'll, yeah. maybe we're wrong, though. We'll get answers tomorrow. Hell yeah. Will we? Yeah. Big, yeah. Hey, what, do you, what do you call him? Big G? Big G. Big G. Big G. Big G. Big G. Yeah. Marine Mike? Yeah. Marine Mike. 
Tell you what, if he wants to get Galley? reelected in the Green Bay area, yeah, he's going to have to give us some answers because guess what? I think we got a couple of watchers from fucking Green Bay area. Wow. That's yeah. very confident of you and cocky of you. Well, no, I mean, Aaron's on. Yeah, but that's on a Tuesday during the season. I'm just saying. It's Plus, a Aaron's a big alien guy. I love meeting people. Yeah, he is. <laughs> True. Yeah. He has seen him. So, mm-hmm. yeah. He has True. seen him. Mm-hmm. Orange light, yes. then a couple of choppers. Yeah, that, yeah. Or not choppers, uh, uh, Top Gun pilots. Yeah. Flying behind, fighter jets flying behind. He says, saw four or five fighter jets chasing this thing in the sky in New Jersey or New York or something yeah, like Jersey. that. Jersey. So that's how we do it. Same orange thing that I see. Yeah. yeah. And then they saw it in Houston, too. Same one. If this guy doesn't give us Me answers. and Foxy yes. seen the same thing that Aaron Rodgers seen. We just didn't have any fighter jets to chase that exactly. thing down. Yeah, if he doesn't give us answers, we tell him that Aaron will back his opponent, which will no, carry a lot of weight even, in even that if area. if he doesn't give us answers, we might need Gallagher. We might need Gallagher. Can't get in, uh, can't get <laughs> in politics. He is okay. the fastest man in Congress, by the way. Fastest guy's quick. Yeah, he's a fucking Marine, dude. That thing we watched this morning, though, that happens all the time. Yeah, is that every, every day? day? Yeah, that yeah. was just because the title of it. That on, uh, thing was terrible. So they're actually just wasting time every day at those Every day. And is a 16-year-old producer Producing that thing? All I day, think it's the first day. time since 50 years. <laughs> they've, done, they've covered this. The UFO, yeah, but we're uh, just talking about no. the entire thing. Like the hearings. There's hearings all the time. Yeah. Oh, all yeah. day, every day. Who, who's in charge of like photography over there? <laughs> I was thinking to myself, like, man, if we were to get our hands on this for yeah. what, two days, maybe? Oh, yeah. Not even. I mean, it's just like, all right, here we go. They're not thinking of like entertainment value, though. No, They're thinking of, we, no. we just have well, to. Well, they put a pub- fucking graphic over the UFO that they were trying to show on a screen that was away from any microphone it's misdirection yeah. classic misdirection no, you're worried about the no. production value not what's oh, my reports are saying it's mark farkas mark farkas yeah farkas i know you got a lot going on you got to fill <laughs> what 45 hours of every three two days yeah. whatever yeah it's, it's farkas and then uh peter slenny Okay, well, hey, Peter, I know you guys got a lot going on, but at one point you put a graphic of who the fuck was speaking, which we couldn't hear over the actual UFO that we were trying to see that we couldn't see. It's like, what the fuck is going on on C-SPAN? Well, yeah, no, problem. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the guys who are producing that are like two 92-year-old guys sitting in a soiled well, diaper yeah. in some control well, He was room, in his just... 20s in Christmas Story, right? And now he's fucking producing C-SPAN? Farkas? Farkas, yeah. Scotty Farkas? Oh, heat pro without... <laughs> Farkas. Scotty Farkas gets the shit beat out of him. <laughs> well, just what a day. What a yeah. moment for Ralphie, by mm-hmm. the way. What a moment in there. Anyways, follow up. It was bad. Very bad. It was in 722. It was like, yeah. what? That's, what I, that's what I told you. I said nothing's going to happen. Why? Yeah, but you're fucking negative, dude. Yeah. Tomorrow. I'm trying to tell you, not don't get your hopes up, but you're right. That's a great tease for our Wednesday show. Yeah, because yeah. tomorrow we're, we're getting all the answers that we couldn't get then. That's right. Now, granted. Feels like the guy we're talking to was the one asking the questions. I don't know if he has the answers. <laughs> Probably <laughs> yeah. not. He's very curious. He's also going to be curious, but he'll know more than we will know, hopefully. We'll see. Definitely. We'll find out tomorrow, 1.15 Eastern Standard Time. Be a friend, tell a friend, aliens, or maybe being chatted about. Hell yeah. Definitely being chatted about. Maybe being real. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Definitely real. Maybe being confirmed real. Yeah, Boom. find out more info. Foxy and I synced. Yeah. That orange globe was... One million percent an alien. One million percent. Yeah, and something, somebody tagged you guys in that thing that was over Houston. That was the same exact thing. Bingo. Over also the uh, uh, carrier out in the middle of the sea. They yes. Had yes. Man, that's so cool. They chose us to just see that. It was just yeah. us and them in the sky. Yeah. Just float. And all Stop those marks out there, it was a moon. Yeah. Follow up. My wife, my wife sent me a text when she found out that this uh, uh, representative Gallagher was coming on the show. Big G. She said, please do not embarrass yourself and ask about the moon that you guys saw out of the plane. It's like, Sam. Whoa. Sam, it wasn't a fucking moon. Okay, Sam. 
Is that funny, AJ? That's very funny. Yes, I credit to Sam. I know she's a smart gal. No, AJ. She is. Just challenging you, and ju just to challenge you on that is, I give her credit. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I appreciate and respect her. Ha, 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 funny, Sam. <laughs> Me and Foxy, everybody on the internet has said this as well. Low-hanging fruit. You know, it's kind of a stale toast, stale bread. Sure. Mm -hmm. You're going to hurt yourself to even talk about that being a moon. Everybody got their jokes in. Right. Me and Foxy seen the moon. 35 years running. How long have you seen the moon? 27 years running. You start doing some quick math there. 62 fucking years of seeing the moon. Yeah. A lot of moons. Right? The moon doesn't exist in Detroit, though, so it's only your opinion. The moon is the only thing that exists oh. in Detroit. I, think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think there's only any sunshine. You can't yeah. see it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't see it. Oh, you're talking about all the fog. Yeah. The moon has never been inside the atmosphere in my 27 years personally. Well, I'm not 100% sure the reality of that, but the moon should not be sitting at 10,000 feet. Thank you. No, 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 no. Okay, so when I'm eye to eye with this fucking thing, what's Dude. going on, alien? It's not a moon. If the moon was that low, the tides. Yeah, the flooding crazy. would be fucking yeah. catastrophic. Don't even want to start with oh, that. On the lake, too. Oh, yeah. my We'd God. Parking a boat would be impossible. Yeah. <laughs> We'd be on a beach right now. Yeah. Well, you would be? Indianapolis would be beachfront if the yeah. fucking moon was at The 10, menstrual cycles, too. Oh, Al Gore already told us that. Jesus. What? Exactly. What? What? No. What are you talking about? That guy's a good guy in Florida. The moon or the menstrual cycles? Outdoor. Not a bit. The inconvenient truth. <laughs> Is that the guy who invented the internet? Hashtag PMS White Tiger. Mm. <laughs> PMS White Tiger. Mm -hmm. uh, take a uh, <laughs> take a screenshot of Bill Burr when he was on the show, yep. any, or any of the clips that are on Twitter. Take a screenshot of your favorite moment of the show uh, when Bill Burr was on. Uh, say something nice to somebody. Mm -hmm. Add your cash tag in there, and you could be one of... Uh, 10 winners of $599. Boom. Here we go. Boom. Boom. Say something nice to somebody. Be nice to somebody in a genuine fashion. Adam, say it. Screenshot it with your cash tag. We will see you tomorrow. Thank you so much for watching. Thanks to Chris Collinsworth, Sean Casey, the mayor. Good baseball talk start the show. Yeah, yeah. great baseball. People forget that that happened today. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bill Burr, incredible conversation, obviously, with him. Very thankful for all of you. And the calls on the 5 Energy Found Line. Bye. See you tomorrow. See AJ. Have a good one, man. Maybe some positivity tomorrow out of you. All right. Always positive. Can't wait for Wednesday. All right. See you tomorrow. Hey, we're going to learn about aliens tomorrow. Hell yeah. Hey. We're going to learn everything about them. We're we might even see one tomorrow. So, yeah, stay tuned. Well, I've seen one already. It was like a month ago. Yeah. So, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's like Bigfoot. I already seen it. Well, I haven't, actually. But the person I was with has seen it. You guys right. just hang out with me. Mm -hmm. It'll show up. By right. association. All right. See you guys.